0: Welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith and thank you for listening. David is not here as always for reasons. I still don't totally understand. He, uh, he skips out on the Oscar episode. Uh, I think, uh, I, I, I believe his, well, I'll have to ask him next episode. I want him to be specific. As far as I can tell, it's, he wants to be able to just enjoy the ceremony without having to mentally make notes and then recount it, which I can actually understand. Um, But yeah, so in lieu of David, we've got an old friend and a new enemy. We've got friend of the show, Jason Eakin. Jason, how you doing?
1: I'm doing great. David's reasons sound like bullshit to me.
0: Uh, Well, you know Bullshit, David. Yeah. You know what? Let's go to his house. (laughs) Uh, Let's settle this right here and <laughs> yeah, now. Right. Um, I'm going to shove this, mic- this soundboard up his ass. I said, <laughs> Mike, I'm going further <laughs> okay, than yeah. that. Uh, but we also, it's not, Jason, it's not just you here. Oh, it's not? Yes. If well, you look slightly. <laughs> you know what? You got me there. Let's continue. All right. Then. Uh, so, no, we also have uh, one of our. Uh, you write for us, right? Yeah. I forget, yeah, one of our writers and one of our best friends. I for, I forget. I get. I'm sorry. That's just maybe the shittiest intro. <laughs> you <laughs> write for us, don't you? Yes. Yeah. I don't. Do I know you? <laughs> yeah. It's like I don't. I found you in my house today, and, and I'm uh, not leaving. <laughs> <'cause it's... laughs> you're not leaving. I, I walked into my office to record, and there you are, sitting in front of a mic. And I've been told you write for us. No, um, and. Uh, yeah, it's been so long since I've actually been the one to sort of uh, focus in on the specific reviews that I don't – like there are people that haven't written for us in a very long time. They still
1: don't know who the, you're talking about.
2: That oh, way. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's Ian Brill. Um, Hello, everybody. I think Dave is not here because maybe he is a seat filler and oh, he has been and he's ashamed to say. Mm-hmm. But that's true, yeah. he could. he could have a secret career, not just for the Oscars. but Is that a career? I don't think him? you get paid for that, do There's you? a lot of award shows. That's Especially true. The, you yeah, know, have you seen him for the Emmys? Hmm. No. I've never seen him in a seat feller in the same room at the same time. Exactly. Have <laughs> you seen how he sits in a seat? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's, it is true. <laughs> why why would not you pay him for it? When I'd be a fool not to. If, <laughs> if he's already seated when I come into a room, it's fine. <laughs> but if I watch him sit down, I will. I will break down into tears. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> so okay, everybody. Uh, if you shove that soundboard up his ass. He would probably sit in those seats even better. He would make it work. <laughs> He'd make it work.
0: he's He's adaptable, that David. actually, that can't be possibly be true. Um, so look everybody we've uh, we've got a lot to talk about with uh, with this Oscars ceremony. But first things first, I need to tell you so, speaking of this episode, it is in fact brought to you by Mubi. Now, what is movie? I'll tell you. Ian, I can tell you're confused. You don't know what this movie is. It's, it's a nonsense
2: word. Um, well, I'll tell you what it is. It sounds like another word. One, we heard a lot this, but not quite. Huh. It doesn't sound like Chris Rock. That's weird. Uh, oh, I should say I don't know how to spell. Okay. Okay. That's, I got it. Uh
0: so Mubi is a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, Mubi's curators introduce a new title and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only $4.99 a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. Now... Tonight's winner of Best Foreign Film is Son of Saul, Uh, but right now at MUBI you can find past foreign film winners including Cinema Paradiso, Kolya, Tsotsi, I don't know if that's, I I think that's how you say it, Uh, The Official Story, and The Barbarian Invasions. These films and more are available at Mubi right now, and there is a special offer for listeners of Battleship Pretension. You can try Mubi free for a month. Just go to Mubi.com. That's M-U-B-I. Pay close attention, Ian. M-U-B-I slash Battleship to redeem now. So, thank you very much, Mubi, for sponsoring this episode. Uh, I'm sure you're very proud. All
1: Tyler, right, Tyler. Do you recall we we saw the Barbarian invasions together in Chicago? Yes, I know. Where we I came saw to visit you on a spring break.
0: Yes. We saw it at the Evanston Theater. Yeah. Uh, I, I, as I was reading it, I remember thinking thing like, "Hey, I saw that with the, the guy sitting right yeah. in front of me."
2: All right. Very so, good film. what's what's going to happen when Dogma is on Mubi, and we get some Mubi in Mubi action? This seems like um. how could it?
0: You know what? It's the first episode. It's the first movie they featured. Yeah, I know. When they first started up. Um, so okay. We've got a lot to talk about with this ceremony. Uh, we'll start with gen- with with uh, broad strokes. Thoughts on the ceremony? Jason, I go to you.
1: Um, okay. So I like to preface this by saying that I think you know this. I've done a couple of these post-Oscar shows with you. I love the Oscars. Yeah. I absolutely love the Oscars. It's one of my favorite days every year. Unless the Patriots are playing in the Super Bowl, it's my favorite Sunday of the year. Yeah. And winning. And winning, yes. yes. If they're playing and losing in the Super Bowl, that's not my favorite Sunday of that given year. Yeah. Um, but I love the Oscars to pieces. This was not my favorite ceremony. Yeah. Um, I found it overall, I, I really respect um and can totally get behind a lot of the intention behind what they were going for right i just really felt like the execution even maybe maybe this gets into like some of the actual producing of the oscars yeah just felt really clunky to me yeah Uh, in a number of moments transitions were weird just the a lot of the different choices that and we can get into were were just seemed odd or just kind of a little bit half-baked or just kind of a a bald-faced retread of
0: things. Yeah. um, That said, I did still
1: enjoy it, just not as much as I have probably the last couple of years.
0: Has there been an Oscar ceremony that you specifically have not enjoyed?
1: I don't think so. You know, I didn't enjoy the first time Ellen hosted. Aside from, I think, her opening monologue, I really didn't care for the first time, but I really liked her, was it last year?
0: I believe it was last year, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah.
1: Yeah, I actually I, I really enjoyed that. I thought she had um, a, just a lightness that I appreciated.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I'm not super thrilled with that uh, Anne Hathaway James Franco oh, ceremony. Boy, yeah, that one's that pretty was pretty tough. Um, but yeah, for the most part, like it's never it's it's rarely going to be a total whiff. Sometimes you get a really good presenter in there, a really good uh, you know clip package or something like that, and you know when you love movies. It's a celebration of movies, and if they do it even slightly right, and they did some good stuff in there, yeah, um, that celebrated film, uh, that's that's usually enough for me. Ian, oh, yeah. your
2: thoughts? Uh, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed what Chris Rock brought, uh, both with his monologue and and some of the bits in between. Uh, but I will agree with Jason; like there was just a clunkiness that uh it's just for for an award show that's been going on so long mm-hmm. and for live shows that' have been going on uh I remember one in particular they came back from commercial and I guess I don't know we we thought Chris rock would come out mm-hmm. and introduce the next nominees but said there's just like this weird like thx uh the audience's listening sound and <laughs> just this right. this, yeah. big, this yeah. big bassy thump and then the whoever the presenters were came out and we're just like how does that ha- – how yeah. does that happen? Yeah. I, yeah.
1: I totally forgot that.
0: So I do want to try and stay somewhat positive. I want to take a – you know, take my cues from Kevin Hart who, even if he's in movies I don't like, he's a he's a positive force in my life. Sure. I well, love he, Kevin Hart. He says Hart.
2: tonight he's he, he thinks positive. He's yeah. He's about –
0: and he just, he's such a, I don't know, he's, he's such an upbeat guy. Um, so I want to try and be positive for the most part tonight. Um, I will mention a couple of things. I will get them out of the way because I mention them every year. Clearly the Oscars are just going to keep doing it. They're, not, they're st- not listening to this? Yeah, well, <laughs> we can- I keep emailing them like, hey, heads up, guys, we're recording that episode. <laughs> Uh,
2: we'll Did you, know you tell them posts? I'm on this year's Oscars?
0: Uh, hey, this guy who may or
2: may not write for us uh, is, <laughs> is, is. No, on. don't tell them I write for you oh, when okay. you tell them. Oh yes. Sorry. You don't want them to read my review of Daddy's Home? They'll blacklist me. Which one is Daddy's Home? It's <laughs> the Will that's Ferrell the, yeah, Mark
1: Wahlberg
2: one. Oh, that's right. Yes it, yes,
1: it just missed the cut this year, so we didn't right. a lot of. I'm sure it was in some of the montage. Packages. I'm sure, sure
2: Adam McKay will be nominated. For the 2017 uh, Academy Awards for Best Producer, oh, he when, produced Daddy's when, Home. Yes. Okay,
0: okay, but no, it, it's,
2: it's nominated it's for Best Picture. It, is it 20? No, but they call them the year that they happen. Like this is the 2016 Academy Awards, even sure. though it's 2015 movies. Yeah, yeah. So next year will be the.
1: But Daddy's Home was a 2015 movie, Whoa. so it would have been. It would
2: have been eligible Jesus for these. these I self, forgot the self same Oscars we just witnessed tonight. <laughs> that was yes, that was December. I thought it
0: was January. Did you not see them in that in that sound mixing package? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, okay, so you want to stay positive? Yeah, but or so you, you, you had things you wanted yeah, to. Yeah, I'll
0: just I'll just breeze through a couple of things that just always kind of get me.
1: And then I'll stick on them for like ten minutes apiece.
0: Sure, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I'm tired of characters. I'm tired of like, here's Woody and Buzz, here's the Minions. I get why you're doing it, but it's just like, kids aren't watch. It's for kids. They're not watching the Oscars. Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, wh- who's that for? I recognize that this- oh, it's for animated. Okay, so let's have some animated characters do it. And then stuff like the C-3PO thing. I get that we need to celebrate Star Wars, what? you know. but L.A.G.? Uh, it's an odd choice, but I, uh, but I, I still laughed, well, you know, what
1: is it, did he introduce room?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it says a bunch of white folks in a room. And when he, and when he said in a room, uh, it didn't
2: occur to me. That I, was, thought, I thought, I thought he spotlight. was going to say spotlight yeah. too, because yeah. I don't think just two, just, uh, Brie Larson, Jacob Tremley is a bunch. <laughs> well, old Nick shows up from time to time. That's true. Um, so, uh, a truck,
0: <laughs> it's, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, um, th- those things, they always fall flat to me. Yeah. Also, really, if you
2: introduce him as Sasha Baron Cohen and he's coming out as a character, it, like it's immediately uh, yeah. deflated? It is a little bit, actually, yeah.
0: now that you yeah. think about it. Um, uh, Now that you mention it, pardon me. I'm thinking about it, uh, but not much. So, stuff like that. And then this has been the case for the last few years, obviously. They're just going to keep doing this. I would like... The lifetime achievement awards to be at yep. the ceremony i, I, I all, thought I the same thing i thought years.
2: with uh, especially with gina Rollins. yeah uh spike lee so it was spike lee given everything from this year yeah. yeah
0: and you're not gonna have spike lee it makes it seem who, who's probably yeah. made the best film about race relations ever which mm-hmm. is do the right thing yeah um you had an opportunity to really steer into this thing yeah and uh, and they didn't do it, and it just it bum it, it always bums me out consistently, um, and it, so as far and as far as the the things that they return to over and over again, I guess those are the big ones that uh, that bother me. I uh, I I really liked the In Memoriam. Who would I? I don't associate Dave Grohl with like a lot of gravitas, um, um but yeah, I, I thought, thought he did nice. great.
2: No, although I thought uh, I thought I was going to play In My Life, that Beatles song, which oh, really yeah. seems, although uh, Blackbird was a song that paul mccartney paul mccartney said was inspired by the civil rights movement so even then it, oh, it fits into the sort of the theme of the night
0: mm-hmm. so and speaking of that theme of the night we'll we'll jump into that and and i say i want to stay positive this might be negative i i don't know what you guys think um
1: well can we talk real quick there was you know this because because we talk a lot tyler but uh, every year at around December I look forward to the year end like uh, uh like two thousand fifteen yes. year in review, uh just like sort of montages of movies. Yeah. And I thought they had a really good one to kick off the night. Yeah. So sure much so in. that yeah. I may or may not have teared up.
0: Really? Oh yeah. yeah.
1: Especially with that that little uh exchange from room. Yeah. That that just gets me.
0: Yeah, uh, and to me, it does seem. And yeah, they have movies in there that, that are, are only so so, but they were popular or they had some kind of resonance with, uh, with the audience. Um, and it, that montage, admittedly, you can do one of those montages and every movie year looks like the best movie year of your life. Yeah. Uh, but this, I do consider this to be one of the better movie years of the oh, last totally. probably 10 years. Yeah. Um, and That's so. That's
1: interesting. I don't know if I do. But the point is, movies. It just reiterates that movies have power. Yeah. And the image, the way the image—I mean, just even like that shot in straight out of Compton that they pretty much end with. Yeah. Of like the rappers like walking toward the It's just like it's just powerful. Just yeah. Movies have power. What a what better way to start off the Oscars than by reiterating that?
0: Yeah. Um, so. So let's let's jump into. I mean, honestly, you cannot talk about this ceremony without talking about the 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 racial thing. Um, and, and I feel bad even saying that. You know, the Oscars so white, the Black Lives Matter, just all this stuff. Um, and everybody knew that Chris Rock was going to really delve into it. Um, I think he did a really good job with yeah, it. Certainly. I think he he also managed to deflate some of it a little bit when he talked about you know, this is not a new thing. So why are we so upset? Well, maybe because uh, why weren't we upset in the past? Well, maybe because there were actual problems. And when he says stuff like there were actual real life problems, he is sort of saying, this is not the worst problem in the world to be right. having that, you know, that, uh, black people are not nominated in acting categories. Um,
2: and so,
1: and his examples of what the whew. real life problems were. Yeah,
2: I like that he did not. Uh, Good lord. Uh, censor himself, or 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 stay away from from anything so sensitive. Yeah. He wasn't afraid to make the room the room uncomfortable. Yeah, which I think is probably my favorite thing about mm-hmm. uh, his approach for yeah. the entire show. Um, I do. There are moments, honestly,
0: when. I mean, his entire opening monologue was that, and then he would come back to it over and over, and I understand why. There's definitely an expectation that he will and that he should, but after a while, part of me just like, man, you're getting, a lot, you're getting a lot out of this premise, and just as a fan of stand-up comedy, part of me just feels like there's only so much you're going to be able to milk from this, and I think the jokes got... They were still well-written, but after a while, it's just like, all right, yeah, we... I, I got it i mean I, I already knew ahead of time and you're doing a good job with it but i got it mm-hmm. um and it's not even about me agreeing or disagreeing it's just that there are there are other things you can be talking about other things you can be joking about this year um and it just uh it's a thing that it didn't bother me because again he's a pro and he can sell almost any joke um it's just a thing that got i don't even like to say got old but it, it after a while, it was like, okay, we can – not even that we can do better, that we can we can move on from this.
2: See, I like that it almost gave the Oscars a theme. Yeah. Uh, or even almost you can say a story and culminating in him saying Black Lives Matter yeah. uh, at the end. Yeah. Um, and and the different sketches uh, of him going to the theater in Compton, or yeah. even the fact that the Girl Scout thing—it was all uh, uh, young black girls—and then it was uh, this room of mostly white and all pretty much very wealthy yeah. people uh, giving the money. Like even that had certain uh, optical uh, relevance. Yeah, uh, uh, I think you know, for it to me, it felt like a great. Uh, long episode of the Chris Rock show which got mentioned when mm-hmm. Chris Rock brought out Louis CK and I thought that was a very underrated talk show uh, and, and and I don't think don't think there's really anything that's that's uh, kind of recaptured its magic and so to see him it felt like Chris Rock dominated the year and I'm saying that as a as a compliment and maybe, yeah. I'm sure maybe some people will say that as negative but as a fan of and and I love top five but it feels like Chris Rock, because he hasn't had special a long time, it maybe mm. feels like that kind of Chris Rock we haven't seen in a while. Yeah, um, and it feels like this is—I hmm, feel I don't want to say comeback because the top five was just out last year. It was yeah, and a lot of
0: people really liked it.
2: Um, but that was I, a different kind. That, like was, that was that was a different kind of project. I mean, yeah. this was as a as him as a stand up. Yeah, and MC a literal master of ceremonies. Yeah, like this felt like oh, that's that's uh, that's who we fell in love with with Bring the Pain and.
0: And you know now that you now that you mention it, um, there is this thing that I notice from year to year where even the best hosts will sometimes just as the ceremony goes on, goes along, just kind of fade away.
2: Most of yeah, them yeah, fade, yeah.
0: He definitely no, did not. I love no. that, and I yeah. worried
2: that was going to happen. Like we would get a. Uh, we would get a monologue up top that would shine light on diversity and and, and racism and then oh hollywood can forget that. And I love yeah. that that uh, hollywood did not get to forget that. I yeah. think that's important.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they I mean I we've I mean I, I, on BP we have been talking about this sure, Oscar yeah, so yeah, white yeah, thing yeah. for for weeks at this yeah, point. Yeah. And people know what I think about it that it they're I am in favor of, of more diversity in Hollywood, of more people having their stories told. I like the idea of that, and I'm kind of a uh, when when uh, the president of the Academy came out, I thought her statement was uh, maybe a little bit uh, uh, self-congratulatory. Self-congrat- yes. That was yeah. my problem yeah. Yeah. too. There's definitely that, but, but but the philosophy behind it is one sure. I can actually kind of get yeah. behind, which is if it if it takes the Oscars to maybe spearhead this then i guess i'm okay with it because of the eventual goal and hopefully this is what will happen uh but at the same time i still have certain issues uh one thing and I, i'm a lot of people tweeted this uh and i wasn't looking at twitter much but a number of people including people that i know uh critics i know uh tweeted uh that uh, hey um hispanics Asians like it is be- like it was a night of only African-American like and that's fine I understand that you know given certainly the current political climate uh, of the last year or two I can definitely understand why that's the emphasis but part of me just feels like okay uh, this is a thing that I will say there are now only three a- three directors who have ever won best director twice in a row mm-hmm. Joseph Mankiewicz mm-hmm. John Ford yeah and now Alejandro and Yuri too. There is I don't I don't actually know how many cinematographers have won three years in a row. Yeah. Maybe none. He's, no,
2: he's the first one I looked yeah. up. Yeah. yeah.
0: And to me, as I've said before, that is exciting. And regardless of what people might think about the Revenant itself, that's exciting, but no one gives a shit because he's not in right. front of the camera and he's I I I, th- I think a lot of people are were frustrated that there were that it was just purely white, that it wasn't you know, Asian or Hispanic or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But they were leading very much with this one thing. And yeah. and I feel like in doing so, they failed to celebrate how, the, the concept of how far we've come. And I don't like to say that because you, you don't want to rest on your laurels. But at the same time, like th- this was a night of celebrating a certain type of diversity. The, Alejandro Iñárritu is now going to be mentioned in the same breath as... John Ford in some capacity. Now, I don't think anybody would say that he is as good a director as John, John Ford. He is heading down a certain but in terms of statistics. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. like, he's only, he's one of only three to have done this. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and keep
1: in mind the last, since he won twice. And then before him was Quaron. that's three years in a row yeah. that a Spanish director yeah. has won best director. Yeah. And that's, then Ang Lee
0: has won twice in the last 10 years.
1: That is momentous. Yeah. Like, especially because right now the star power is waning so much mm-hmm. and there are so many actors, all of whom are looking for projects. We are in the era of the director. And for that to be the case that the last three and, and Ang as well, that's huge. Yeah. That is huge. I, I agree with you as you know, like aside from Idris Elba and maybe Will Smith, I'm not sure what other movies people are looking at for specifically black actors to say this was a glaring oversight. I know some people wanted Michael you B. Jordan. Yeah, my, I, you, know.
2: I love that I, I, Chris Rock what, brought about as someone 10. who should have been nominated. That's one of my – And Ryan Coogler and – I would have been and, fine if – hey, you know
1: what? Get uh, – Get either Spotlight or um, or Big Short out of Best Director and put Cooper yeah, in there. I, uh, yeah, I'm absolutely. all for that. Totally, but at the same time, it's not the type of movie. Just thinking about if that movie had been directed by a white guy, I would the same exact way. I wouldn't be thinking, "Oh, he got robbed," because it doesn't. It's not the type of movie that really feels like it's going to get a lot of Academy. Support.
2: Oh, I. I... That movie is, especially that last boxing scene, especially it's a good film. I yeah. think, I think, and especially and Selma last year. I but think those the were two major in a franchise. Overs- oversight. So, Mad so, Max is seven, fourth in seventh. seventh. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. Mad yeah, yeah. Max is fourth in the in a franchise. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: it does. I I do see, and as I've said before, uh, I, I feel like so many of these omissions come down to just standard Oscar bullshit, not racist Oscar bullshit. There's always. But plenty. I think yeah.
2: I think the two start start intermingling, especially when you saw a lot of the essays that the Hollywood reporter ran yeah. of very entrenched people. Uh, I mean, people like Stephen First and Bill Mooney. I don't know why Bill Mooney's even in the Academy. I don't know who that is. Lot, he was Bill Robinson yeah. in Lots in Space. Oh my gosh, and, danger. And, um, yeah. And then the kid who wishes you into a cornfield in uh, Twilight Zone the it's a good life. Yeah. I'm like, what? What? How, why is he in the movie? Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Well, and and they, and they would post things like, well, uh, you know, uh, why? <laughs> what voice <let's... laughs> were you about to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I don't know that whole nerdy white dude voice. Even first, okay. even his character in Animal House is only in because of a legacy thing, and it's like there is there is a certain entrenchment, and you even see the statements by Charlotte Rampling and 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 where you know Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Mm-hmm. Oh, that breaks my heart. Because, yeah, uh, but. And so, and so there is, uh, we're just, uh, SOP becomes, it almost becomes like, uh, uh, surprise racism. Like it doesn't become a problem until it snowballs like this until you'd be like, Oh, this, uh, standard operating procedure has within, within it some, uh, systematic, uh, elements, both racism, sexism, homophobia, whatever it takes to, to look at that you don't notice, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, until it's not, not until two, it's, but, but until it, it really gets, uh, not to make a pun, but until there's a real spotlight on it, um, because of, you know, because of, uh, until like there's this. a real big short on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. <gosh>. Until <laughs> I, don't know, I was going to make a Mad Max thing until <laughs> someone gets really mad about it and Man, it gets I on the Fury that, road, yeah, AKA uh, Twitter.
0: Okay. <laughs> they drive down the Fury road to Brooklyn.
1: Yeah. So really quickly, and I want to tie my comment back into the ceremony, I think you guys have mentioned on several shows recently that this is less an Oscar issue and more a Hollywood industry yeah. issue. And if you look at, like, we, the three of us did the fantasy Oscar draft. We sure did. When we were looking back in September yeah. on, like, Gold Derby or something, and they've got 30 experts talking about what's going to be nominated for what it's the same people we had now sure sure yeah. who were nominated the same for from all year. the industry awards who were nominated for all the critics awards so to say that the oscars are the are the problem well there's this whole machine of critic and industry awards that is creating a narrative and that narrative since september has not included black actors so the problem starts way back then
2: Oh no, I mean, that's my favorite part about the Chris Rock uh, monologue is that he ends it by yes. talking about this this uh, uh, event, this fundraiser for Obama, and then he's you know he's with the president. and He's saying like these are the nice white people, and they're not right. giving roles. And if you th- I mean if you th- look at Top Five, uh-huh. he gave great roles to to a lot mm-hmm. of actors. Who I mean, he gave Cedric the Entertainer one of his best roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I think he's the best thing about the that Coen Brothers, the Intolerable Cruelty, that is one of the worst Coen Brothers. He's the best thing in it. I don't even uh, remember
1: him in it. Oh,
2: I got your ass. <laughs> I got his ass. That was he was the best thing in a bad movie. But but uh, and Leslie Jones, who's now Ghostbusters, and Tracy Morgan, like mm-hmm. uh, or even Ben Vereen, um, like uh, you know that yeah, he he tied it up at the end. The Oscars yeah. is uh, I you know. I think, I think it makes sense to say the Oscars is the symptom, not the disease. Sure. But it's the, sure. most, um, it's the most visible symptom. And yeah, that's it's where, the
1: only award that really seems to mean anything. Well,
2: yeah, so one of the millions of people – I mean, well, exactly. Golden Globes too. but, but millions I mean, come of, on. <laughs> yeah, but millions of people aren't uh, tuning in to uh, any other – right award show this is probably has to be the highest rated and that's why
1: i like that he did like you said he mentioned okay what kind of racism are we dealing with yeah which i thought like you said tyler that actually deflated a lot of it Yeah, because he kind of brought it down to actually looking at the problem Yeah, and then he i think at one point i can't remember if it was in the opening monologue or after but he just said like look we want opportunities we want not just one opportunity we want multiple opportunities that's what we want the same number of opportunity, the same level of opportunity, yeah.
2: and yeah, I, I don't I'm glad. Know he, anyone who
1: can't get on board with that? Yeah, and
2: I'm glad he pointed it out, to like yeah. Jamie Fox. He thinks Jamie Fox is a better actor than I do, frankly. Yes, but uh, but to see, like, look at his career, and, and and frankly, when they bring out someone like Lou Gossett Jr. and you're like, dude, what, like, he, why if he had, has an Oscar?
0: I had the what? same yeah. thought. Yeah. Is he came out? He has tremendous gravity yeah he has an oscar he was huge in the 80s he still looks pretty good for his age and he can deliver lines with power and part of me just feels like and and, and honestly that almost more than anything else that idea that this guy could be getting morgan freeman roles this guy could be getting any number of things but for whatever reason now it could just be that you know, uh, any, anybody, who's, only
1: three Morgan Freeman roles and he, and they, and they go to Morgan them Freeman. Them yeah. 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> Including, uh, announcing best picture. Um, but that's the thing is, um, it's I really did, Morgan Freeman's greed.
2: I think we can all, I, I, I yeah. <laughs> You yeah, know, needs to buy nice things for that niece of his that he's dating. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Isn't he like dating like his niece or something? His lives thing?
1: matter. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's what
2: I'm oh, saying. Oh boy. <laughs> the, uh, But that's the
0: thing. Uh, I do think that maybe it's one of those things. I've noticed that actors who really were popular in the 80s, uh, more so than the 90s or the 70s, when you were popular in the 80s, people want – even if you're William Hurt Uh or Lou Gossett Jr. or even Richard Gere to a point – the Oscars like, I can't uh, – not even just the Oscars. Sorry. Hollywood is like, uh, you're from a, a time that we are kind of embarrassed about. Mm-hmm. Uh, just please go away. And so – Mr.
1: Gasset Jr., the clothes were simply too big. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Move past it. Um,
2: but yeah. Uh, Although uh, all throughout the, uh, the show, we had ads for the family with Andrew McCarthy in it.
0: The, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. but he, the,
2: t, you know, he's he's but it's his he's comeback on TV maybe. Now. Yeah. yeah. No, well, it's TV. TV's the TV's the place. TV's the new movies.
0: Yeah. And movies are the new uh, ping pong. Sure. Old laundry <laughs> detergent. Yeah, exactly. Ah, shit, I can't remember. Uh, so yeah. So the the fact that I was like, man, Lucas Jr. has a really great presence. I would yeah. love to see him mm-hmm. in more movies, but it becomes very clear like there's only so many parts for him, and they will go to somebody that people are more aware of, like. Uh, a Morgan Freeman, and in that moment, my reaction to just seeing him, yeah, yeah, was it? It sort of—I'll uh, use a, a very Christianese term. It c- sort of convicted me, mm-hmm. not about not feeling that I was racist, but more just like, oh yeah, okay, I see, I get it now. Yeah, totally. Uh, put, from an opportunity standpoint, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and also that joke—it's a good joke, where. Chris Rock talks about uh, the the black Oscars uh, and the idea yeah. of best black friend. And like 18 years in a row, it's one Decide. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Not only does it call attention to the fact that there is a very standard character of the black friend, yeah. but that they're going to go to the same people over and over yeah. and over again. Um, like there really are only uh, in Hollywood. It feels like there are probably 12 at most go to black actors. Mm-hmm. Um, that are not like I feel like there's Denzel Washington, there's like a movie star, mm-hmm. and then there's everybody else. You got and your Terrence Howard, reading, you got your Don Cheadle doing
1: a lot of Oscar movies.
0: Yeah, he'll do he'll do something like Flight from time to time, and then yeah. he'll go back to doing you know Tony Scott films. Not that yeah. Tony Scott's still alive, but um, so yeah. It the, now the, I want to say
1: some of the the very I think he was probably <laughs> maybe just sort of getting his bearing. Did anybody else feel like the first couple of jokes he told? just fell flat. I, I can't even remember what they were. Yeah. But it was just like, he just came out and it was just, I think maybe that goes back to like the whole production of the ceremony. Yeah. Like the way he was brought out or the way he came back from time to time. Sometimes it was like, it wasn't even putting him in a the right position yeah. to tell and deliver jokes that could land.
2: It's a hard place to do kind of stand up, that kind of hit and run thing. Cause there's, mm-hmm. there is a kind of ramping up. Yeah. To to it and and to just I don't know it's a tough thing to do those surgical strike things yeah
0: and there's there's this idea that everybody knew what this Oscars was everybody knew that he was going to say something about it so he's so with those first few jokes he's feeling out the audience and they're right. feeling him out it's like okay so what what's the level of humor we are going that he is going to be addressing here right. so that there are chuckles and then he's trying to. Figure out what they will and won't laugh at. Now it's not as though he he's going to abandon a joke or come yeah. up with something on the fly, but that can change. You know, that's him being an experienced comedian and being able to change his cadence, change his timing to fit what the room is responding to. And so, yeah, I don't know if I'd say they fell flat, but I think it's just it's it's people finding everybody in the room finding their footing. Yeah. Um. And and it really did start to feel like, and not every bit worked. Uh, not every moment worked, but it did really feel like by the end of the, uh, by the end of it, you had a room full of people that, yes, a little bit self-satisfied, a little bit self-aggrandizing, maybe more than a little, um, yeah. but that's standard Oscar stuff. Sure, yeah. sure. Um, but that by the end of it, everybody, including the viewer, I think it's like we all went on this journey together. Uh, now that might be a little bit lofty. But it does sort of feel like that. No,
2: I you know what I think that's a testament to to Chris Rock, and if you look at his career, um, how he's done that. I mean, he has talked about, you know, I really do feel that he's advanced uh, the way race is talked about in this country ever since Spring the Pain," mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. He, and he does that by um, speaking from a, a you know authentically uh, black voice in a way. Um, that's accessible to everyone without losing any of its uh, authenticity, which is a, you know, it's a hard uh, tightrope for anyone to, to walk, to speak from a marginalized uh, place and then bring it out for mainstream consumption. There's the, you know, there's a worry that it'll just be diluted, but he's he's been able, at his best, I mean, he doesn't do it all the, all the time and top five is notable because it's his best foray into films by a long shot. Mm-hmm. But in terms of his stand-up, the fact that he, uh, is able to bring these issues, uh, to light, uh, and lighten them up. Frankly, mm-hmm. I just, as I, as I thought about that, as I said that, um, it is, is what makes, uh, I th- him so special. You know, I don't know if anyone else could do that. Cause Eddie Murphy wasn't too interested in, uh, in, in those issues. Prior was prior is actually, I think, a lot more personal and not as political as some people think. Yeah. Um, I think he does, you know, and then I think Rock is just a better stand up than Dave Chappelle, frankly. But, yeah, I,
0: I mean, <laughs> I've, I've, for, I mean, for, for years, I've thought Chris Rock is not necessarily my favorite stand up, but probably one of my top five stand-ups absolutely because um, yeah. yeah. I think I, I think he has a wonderful delivery and there is an inherent honesty to him and this this goes yeah. to what I was talking about like yes he will address this racism thing but he will also find a way to deflate and say, Let's not forget we are a room full of millionaires. Yeah, Yeah. sure. Things aren't that bad for us. That was
2: also what I liked about Louis C. Case. Uh,
0: We'll jump to that. Yeah. Uh, To me, from a humor standpoint, probably the best moment of the night, while also underlining why these smaller categories are important. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: It managed to do that. There were a couple times, like the Sasha Baron Cohen thing, where... Or, or uh, whatever happened before Sam Smith performed, I can't recall. Sarah Silverman, it.
2: who I thought was good. She was bombing right. in the room, but I think her material I, was good. I
1: didn't think it was that okay. good. And I also think that it sets such a difficult tone to follow yeah. for a musical performance. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Louis C.K. Uh, managed to do exactly what you said. He made a lot of really great jokes, poked fun at everybody in the room, yeah. but also didn't mock the awards that he
0: was there to present. Exactly the opposite. Do you think uh, short film for even for somebody like myself who if I haven't seen them it's not that they're not important but I'm not that invested. Right. And so short film was uh, was one of those categories that people, you know, would joke about when when I was younger that like okay, that's one where you go to the bathroom or something like that. If you look at that intro you, I feel like you can't in good conscience go to the bathroom yeah, because exactly. you realize, that you realize that this person's life is about to be changed in yeah. some capacity. And that's amazing. And we, Jason, you and I know somebody who was nominated for an Oscar f- mm-hmm. several years ago for best live action short film. And, oh, he was on the, yeah, he was on the podcast. It was Greg Helvey um, for his film Kavi. And his career since then, like that, he has a career because of that. Right. Now mm-hmm. it has gone a, a number of odd ways, but People took his calls. He got an agent immediately. All of these things happened because he was even just nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. And so for, for Louis C.K. to, again, sort of take the air out of the, of the room mm-hmm. and also say like, yeah, not everybody's going to be going home in a limo. Mm-hmm. Um, so pay attention because yeah. this is an exciting thing.
1: And he's that, so good at personal, everyday anxieties, like, talking about, yeah. like, they're going to worry about having their Oscar in their crappy apartment. They're <laughs> yeah. like, what's going to happen? It's going to be the nicest thing they own.
2: That being said, it did go to someone who was her second Oscar. I know, right? yeah. I love it. Yeah.
0: Kind of it's kind of funny. I,
1: I really wanted her to say what kind of car she drives. Yeah.
0: She's like uh, 95 Beretta. Um, <laughs> but uh that was my first car, by the way, everybody. Um yeah, I love that moment. I'm trying to think of other uh like humorous uh, uh humorous Gosling Crow. and Gosling Crow. Which what
2: yeah. felt like promotion for the nice guys, but they never said it. Yeah, exactly. So which, which makes it, was it like even better.
0: Yeah. I'll see the movie now. Uh, well, I, I forget how funny Ryan. Have you Gosselin seen that trailer? Be. I have not. It, oh, it's it great. Good. Okay.
2: Yeah, Shane Black. It looks like Pure. I it didn't uncut. know Shane Black. It's yeah. uncut Shane Black. It's the Wonderful.
1: Shane. And the moment you see the trailer, you'll know. Oh, yeah. I have no
0: doubt. Yeah. Uh, I loved Steve Carell and Tina Fey. Yes. I thought oh, they were sure, hilarious.
1: Yeah. I mean, some of these people, it, honestly, it's like, okay, so who are we talking about? We're talking about two really polished actors yeah. who also know how to have. Fun with themselves, even though that's not really what people think of when they think of Russell Crowe. Yeah. But Gosling has that great way of just, like, deflecting. Yeah. Then you've got Tina Fey and Steve Carell and Louis C.K., some really polished, smart comedians.
0: Yeah. And Kevin Hart. I love oh, I love yeah. Kevin Hart, too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like, and behind the scenes, uh, you know, it was produced by Hudland, Hudlin, uh, who's done a lot of things, but did direct uh, – at least the first house party. Okay. Really? Uh, yeah. Interesting. And boomerang. Uh, and then was a producer on Django and And then Scott Ackerman, as I believe huh. one of the yeah. writers, head writer, but I mean, he's done a lot of shows. That's stuff, but, yeah. interesting. But yeah, yeah, I know a lot yeah.
1: of those presenters I thought worked fantastic.
0: Yeah. And, and even, and there were, you know, you were talking, uh, Ian about Sarah Silverman, not doing great in the room. And maybe deserving more. Now, I'm not necessarily sure I, so. I agree with that. Or just the acknowledging that, like, oh, she's doing something something good here. Yeah. Uh, that Jack Black thing. I thought that was great. <laughs> I thought that See, was that's, marvelous. See, When I
2: said it felt like a great big episode of the chris rock show like that is yeah something like they would do and it just seems like such a black history
1: month <laughs> minute <laughs> yeah
0: it's it's so wonderful and just everything he's setting up of like enemy of the state sure and then he says you know part of a hip duo in the 90s yeah. uh, i believe he said like a she is like Bassett. What, did, what was that oh yeah yeah um and just, uh, and what did she, how did she describe the duo? Like someone a, who's
2: a about part of fresh. like a
0: jazzy or, yeah, or a fresh, yeah. a yeah. fresh duo. And then just, we honor Jack Black and just, it's one of those things that the punchline causes you, like forces you to look back on the setup and realize yeah. how kind of genius it is. Yeah. Um, and Now, I I will say as far as like the the bits uh, where they're cutting to something, I enjoy the things where you have like black actors uh, in the backgrounds of things or you have like Tracy – I enjoy Tracy
2: Morgan. Seeing Tracy Morgan back in a big way. Yeah. See, I like that because Billy Crystal, whenever he hosts the Oscars, he would do that thing Mm -hmm. and all just be Mm -hmm. silly. And to do that – I guess you could call it a trope at this point Mm -hmm. – to make a point I think is – cool yeah and also just it looks good it's a way to in a way it's a way to celebrate films yeah and creating those scenes especially with uh the martian yeah with jeff daniels and kristen Wiig being totally game. yeah uh
0: but and and uh the last time chris rock hosted which at this point is 10 was, years uh, 12 years ago twelve, yeah or maybe 11 i don't remember uh, exactly, 2005 but, um so when he goes to a, th- uh, a theater yeah. you know and and talks to uh people there now
1: And see, I thought that one was much funnier.
0: Than this? Than this one. I agree. Uh, For a few, I think maybe because of the climate. Like before, it was, hey, here's a funny thing. Yeah. Now it's, I'm going to use this segment now to point a finger at you. And maybe it's just my natural knee jerk thing, but part of me is like, so wait a minute. Everybody in that room saw straight out of Compton. Right. Why are we the asshole? Like, but they haven't heard of Bridge of Spies in spite of it being it, that one guy. Sorry. That one guy hadn't heard of Bridge of Spies despite it being directed by Steven Spielberg and starring Tom Hanks, but I'm somehow still the asshole. I'm the no, narrow minded. I, I, I don't,
2: I think it just, it's a great way of showing, uh, the, the distance between, uh, those, who are working in the film industry, which is its own type of bubble. Sure. Uh, and being in Los Angeles, uh, uh being in this in the in the upper middle class part of Los Angeles is part of its own bubble. And then you see another part, even though actually it's the same city, mm-hmm. well, Compton is its own city, but same uh location, no. uh you see you, you know, you do get to see um, you know, you're outside that bubble. You're seeing you can't take um, all this for granted, which what? is w- which I really prefer. Right. C- the couldn't they have
0: like- come to North Hills where we are recording now? No. You don't think this so? This is
2: no. The, <laughs> Whoa. Galpin, <laughs> Ford, fuck no. They don't need to buy a car. <laughs> I don't think you that's have. all. No.
0: No, it's I'm just saying that like I've lived here for years now and I so I recently purchased the best picture of 2015 spotlight on Blu-ray at Target. And I was talking with this young woman and she was asking what it is. And I said, Oh, it's this really great film. It's, you know, nominated for a bunch of Oscars. And she's like, wow, no, I don't know of it. Like she hadn't yeah, heard of it at all. Like that's, yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, but that was just a rate. That was just but that's like, not a, the
2: issue that be going to Compton is part of the, it, uh, the theme of what he's going for. And that's, and that's,
0: but, and I guess what, what frustrates me is if, if the point is, to me if the point is uh regular people do not connect with the oscars which is a point that has been made many many times over right. the last however but not years. just
2: regular people but also it's not that that you can say that, like that hollywood is not making a lot of movies that are uh that black people don't see themselves in uh and, and if you're not representing uh this part of the country you know you know you're this part of the country is not going to yeah, be but, that's but not you going could to, also
1: go to a number of locations with, with a bunch of middle class people, and say, "What movies did you see?" And they're going to list a bunch of superhero yeah, movies. Yeah, it's not and, Star that's Wars, not the issue. And, and you're going to say, "Did you see Spotlight? Did you see this?" And they're like, "What the fuck's that?"
2: So it's the same. Yeah, but that's idea. not the that's not the issue at hand, though. That's the it's well, not just it, it, the issue at hand is is about the uh d- d- diversity is about the you know that's that's what's been but they're taking a joke that
1: th- actually applies to a lot more people and they're claiming it as an indicator of this racial issue and that's where it seems a little bit misguided Yeah, is that it's actually not that actually the two things actually aren't that related it's just that most people haven't heard of spotlight it's not specifically that it's a race thing.
2: Well, these, I mean, these pieces, I don't know. They can't, uh, they can't speak to, uh, you know, this wide swath, this larger issue. They I have they to just speak, speak to, to whatever they want. No, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. But <laughs> they, 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 yeah, there is an editorial and that's what makes them strong is that there's an editorial angle to it. Mm-hmm. And this was the angle they chose. They could have chosen different angles. Uh, and in I know, in fact, yeah. I really liked, uh, for example, the Billy on the street, Seth Myers thing that the Emmys did. A year or two years ago, that did just talk to anybody on because that's his show. Talk to anybody on the streets of New York and and about all these other shows on TV and what people have heard and not heard of. Mm-hmm. You can approach it in different ways, but just for the the theme of what's going for and really to shine a light on on this issue that's always under the surface and not talked about. Uh, that is the angle to attack to attack it. That is the angle to to uh, to process it and i guess it just it seemed more like in watching it
0: my thought was oh i'm the asshole
2: i don't i don't like i don't think
0: i don't know if you it's, have if the it's because, I feel that yeah i don't it's think just, you have to think about that i i i feel like they were they were using that in order to like you know make me feel a very specific thing and make me feel kind of yes laughing but also feel kind of bad i don't and meanwhile don't. it's just like I, I, it is it is always whether it be anything racial or or anything it has always bothered me when somebody is making the argument that, like your average person hasn't seen these films who gives a shit I don't give a fuck like I'm sorry for getting angry but no, when no, it comes I, right I, down to no like, I I do
2: yeah I like, sometimes get uh, Spotlight is a movie that, that I love yeah.
0: I think it's wonderful I think it's a wonderfully made film and I think it's doing some re- really wonderful things and not and not sacrificing quality in order to do that but i guess people haven't seen it so uh so i'm an elitist somehow yeah uh, i hate that shit all day i don't long. know i don't yeah. feel
2: i don't feel the need to self-insert in some of these issues uh well i uh, think i have a persecution I, I, you complex. know i i feel i feel the the fascination of or fascination set makes me sound like a fucking professor from gilligan's island or or uh or spock from star trek uh, uh just the joy I've of never just thought of you as spock <laughs> of There's seeing them even with my you. Even, even with my star trek bag that i came here that's with. that's
0: true and you told a long story about getting it i know uh, i checked out halfway through that
2: <laughs> uh it is kind of a crazy story but yeah it's it's but just just to watch it unfold we've got time. i think that's that's the that's that's so the let me important tell you, thing.
1: Let me tell you my problems with it. One, it's not, it wasn't half as funny as the one they did 11 years ago. Sure, yeah. I, so thought, it I did think it was a mistake like a, to just repeat. Yeah, so yeah. it immediately feels like a retread. The second thing was some of the people they talked to, specifically the last woman who spoke, there was something, I don't know if she was intoxicated, I don't know if she was just a little bit unstable, but it felt like, who are these people that they're getting? Although like, the
2: joke then is his reaction. Sure, is, sure. Is, right, that was, which
1: then starts feeling like it's at her Then, then it's at her, sure, it's yeah. it's just like, so that just kind of felt, it just, the whole thing felt off to me. Uh, I would agree with that. that worked that you pretty don't, well. Yeah. Most of the bits.
2: Yeah, because yeah, like one of the things off. I do worry about though is I do like, like I really do like um, Bill, Billy on the Street because I actually think he's done a really good job of kind of embracing the many, you know, just the many types of different faces and different personalities you see in New York. uh
0: uh-huh.
2: um, Whereas I do think there is a risk that you're, belittling maybe too strong a word, but it gets the point across of just having these people on.
0: You know that that brings up uh, one of my responses to it because I did have this thought of, well, this bit is meant to point a finger at someone. I feel like, and maybe that's not right. Like it seemed I don't know, like it seemed like it seems so sharp that it needs. It's meant to be. It felt like it was meant to be at someone, and my first thought was like it feels like he's making fun of these people. And I was like, well, he's probably not doing that. So it must be me or, or people like me or mm-hmm. just by me, I could mean just like white Hollywood or whatever. Cause I'm so entrenched uh, in Hollywood. You're, you're,
2: a, you're a player. You're Tim <laughs> Robbins. I'm Tim Robbins. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that, that sequence, I mean, obviously I think we all agree that it's, it wasn't as good as when they did it the first time, but it could also be, it could be exactly the same one, I but I think it's just I the, think it's a the ceremony move it. don't smart to
2: repeat what you did. Yeah. 11 years ago. By the way,
1: I'd like to point out, uh, I think earlier we said that um, Ellen hosted last year. That was
2: two years ago. Two years ago.
1: Last year was Neil Patrick Harris. Ah, yes. And we had the awful, what was it, a briefcase bit? Yeah, the magic trick. Oh, boy, that sucked. Yeah. So there's been some clunkers. Yeah, it would have been a, you
0: know what, that bit would have been perfectly, I think we said this last year, it would have been perfectly fine if they had paid it off uh, five minutes later, but to draw it out for the whole ceremony. right?
2: It's funny when we talk about, Oscars having a theme or a storytelling that was like that was their attempt I much prefer this year's attempt yes no question so we've been
1: talking we haven't talked about a single winner oh yeah we haven't talked about the way that each of the categories were introduced the structure of the categories
2: so we're talking about real issues man yeah we're gonna we're gonna gonna solve it here (laughs) we don't have to it's not about solving it's about shining a light shining a spotlight (laughs) Again. <laughs> I appreciate
0: your uh, your enthusiasm. Uh yeah, you're absolutely right. Um and and uh so I I want to look over my my list here of just general things that uh that um that I responded to just about the ceremony itself. Uh I loved both sound montages. Yep. Here's yeah. what here's what I like about them. For the same reason that I liked what Louis CK said. These like the sound people don't know what sound editing is versus sound mixing. I have a general idea of it myself. It's very vague, and that's one of those one of the, those are categories that quote unquote nobody cares about. Right. But by do by having those montages and you come to appreciate how vital sound is. Yeah. I, I'm paying attention now. Now it's like whoever wins, I'm like, yeah, good for them. They did great. Yeah. You know and. And they're just really well put together. Yeah, that was it's a celebration of again, it's a
1: celebration of the cinematic craft.
2: Yeah. Yes. And that's the best example of something I think they tried a lot this year, of making the what you I guess you'd call the technical awards more interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know with with the costume awards they had the people walk out and they had the and it looked like when yeah. you don't have the lobby of the arc light and they have the costumes going. Yeah. The costume I don't think that was the walk and talks were a little bit clunky. Again,
0: yeah. that's
1: back to the the production of yeah. it was clunky. But yeah, that th-
0: they're trying to make it but a like, bit more visually dynamic, yeah, so good exactly. for them. Yeah. Um, at but least making the attempt. Going,
2: yeah. I don't know. If why do we respond to a montage more than a live performance? It's, it's filmmaking. It's <laughs> that, yeah, that's yeah. kind of and true. It's yeah, like,
1: It's just the clipped version of like all these very specific things. It, it highlights the specificity of yeah.
2: craft. I, I think humans just respond to editing. Probably, like, yeah. editing, I think yeah. it's just a matter of What that. did you
1: guys think of... Um, well, I'm. This is this is a loaded question. What did you think of the way they did the screenwriting? Because I thought that yeah, was, was a little. Was not too into it. Uh, and, and again, they're trying to say, "Oh, here's the image, and here's the script, yeah. including some of the stage direction." I didn't think those worked.
2: I think the some of the clips they chose were weird. No, yeah. those were very. Uh, uh, clips. And also, I think maybe they chose them because it didn't have a lot of action to speak.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, even though those tend to maybe not necessarily be the most interesting, but then. Mm-hmm
1: yeah odd choices yeah
2: they, they've done that sort of thing before yeah.
0: um but it's uh and I, I think i i think i appreciate the idea of it more than the actual execution uh partially because yeah you're right they do need to show the stage direction because that's a big part of screenwriting mm-hmm. um but in doing so they have they need to they can't have like an in-depth monologue or something like that right. which is which is probably why a person is watching it, 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 it has been nominated Anyway, not for the in-depth stage direction, but for the dialogue and the story. and But that's a hard thing to capture in 10 seconds. I
1: wonder if it's because you've got an image from – you've got a moving image from the film. You've got the text of the film and then you've also got a narrator yeah. speaking the yeah. text of the action we're seeing. If you just I do think, it without
2: the narrator, yeah. I think that'd be better.
1: I think you get it. With all respect to Emily Blunt, connecting. who is
2: a wonderful actress. But.
1: Yeah. yeah. You're You're connecting <laughs> she's the word to the image instead of a voice to the word to the image. It's just too many steps.
0: Yeah, and but at the same time, one could make an argument that in doing that, and I think that is, if you're going to do it, that's the way to do it. But I think you could actually look at that and it winds up being more a testament to the choices the actor is making uh, when she's yeah, like, of, yeah. you know. But, it all, uh, it but it's still, it's still yeah. interesting. Um, so, okay.
1: Uh, the visual effects, I think they did a little bit of overlaying and sort of showing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Andy Circus, yeah, uh, intro was great. That was not that if was you're really... a
2: Snoke fan. Snoke got.
1: <laughs> well, and King Kong didn't yeah. get. Uh, no.
2: You yeah. could fool yourself into some of those Caesar scenes with King Kong, but if you're a fan of Snoke. <laughs> If for all the Snokeheads out, for all of those people snow kids. <laughs> who came out of Force Awakens, who were like, fuck BB 8, fuck, uh, no, fuck uh, Chewie Coming Back, fuck One Quarter Portion. I don't think you should be saying S-
1: fuck so much right outside the theater. There are a lot of kids <laughs> no. in that movie.
2: <laughs> a lot of no, parents, there were not. I'm saying 12-year-old. this is someone who saw it Midnight Thursday. There's no kids. It's all I, <laughs> people who Forfeited their lives. But <laughs> just, they're just coming out. Who was who was the who was the 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 runaway hit character of Star Wars: The Force Awakens? I well, don't I don't know. Awakens. I, well, I, 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 I kind of like that Han Solo guy. Nope. We all agree. Snoke. Now with his weird stitches. Like Snoke? No, Snoke sucks. <laughs> okay. <Stux>. Thank you. <laughs> he, be- he was Voldemort. A projection of Voldemort it looks like they left Harry Potter on it's like oh, what the fuck you doing <laughs> it's like Kylo you know you're just talking to a projection of Harry Potter right <laughs> it's like, Snoke oh, was, this is very snow was ba- Snoke was I don't know that was a lot of problems with force awakens where it's just like I, it's I the thing s- from uh the new hope as things from the original trilogies but a bit different and so yeah, Snoke I'm was complete, just I was completely fine with all of that. No, nah, Snoke was like, just yeah, uh, that uh, it was 10. like it's box, a different uh, version uh, of
1: for Jason Aiken, you'll find that uh, Force Awakens right there in the top 10.
2: I don't think you, I knew Force it was in Awakens
1: the top is ten. in your top 10. You better fucking believe it. That's a wonderful action. That direction, that is one of the best directed movies of last year.
2: Oh my! <laughs> are <laughs> you are kidding, kidding me? Are you the, kidding me,
1: listeners? I'm not shitting you when I said that Ian Ten literally inflated <laughs> yeah. like a
2: fucking yeah, balloon. Yeah. I, I just feed you because I it was gonna
1: pop. I thought. I didn't know what was <laughs> he happening. And he I should
2: say, up. I I thought Force defense, Awakens. I thought b- Force Awakens was okay. <laughs>
1: If, if but it is it a movie
2: spikes come out of his cheeks <laughs> it, it is God, a movie I've never seen anything like it that. is a movie that it feels <laughs> like it escaped the editing bay rather <laughs> than it was released this thing was cobbled together best directed <laughs> it it's a it's a Jesus, <laughs> just a bunch of—it's just the, the aerial shots. For, for all their talk about trying to get more practical effects, could those aerial uh-huh. shots see more CGI and without weight? I said they are pretty good. No, I disagree. Uh, I completely
0: disagree. He's about to fire quills. Oh, I think he's about to shoot. <laughs> i <Musk. just> <laughs> I don't
1: understand calling it there's a well-directed an, movie. There's now an odor in here because. Oh. Oh, Ian, my God. You have made I me your laugh. Ancestors passed down. You've my made me laugh I don't so know hard. how
2: you have seen so many. You, yeah. you probably saw better directed movies on your way here. It was. <laughs> and again, I like Forza. I think the performances are great. I think their story starts off great, and it doesn't totally shit the bed at the end, but it does get worse at the end. The
1: X-Wing fight's great. That whole sequence is really good. But direct, uh, both of the forest... D- lightsaber it, it, fights it at the end really well directed. I think the opening <sighs> sequence is well directed.
2: Open I, sequence is great. I mean and just the way that but it's a film that just does not fall upon Everything on up the Millennium Falcon,
1: Falcon.
0: Oh, I, no, I,
1: I, watching it again I thought the same thing.
2: Gentlemen I'm going to call it we
0: got to move on. Oh my god Just <laughs> the best director. Partially no, I'm no, no, saving I
1: didn't say it was the best
0: director. <laughs> or a, well, calling it well directed yeah. yeah. Ian top I'm 10. saving your life. It's not right in my now, top 10 Star
2: Wars you, movies yeah. I'll tell you that.
0: No, again, I liked it. Okay, we got to move on. So, okay, goodness gracious. Um, oh, and then, uh, so one thing that I wrote, uh, as far as again, um, certain presentation things, I wrote an amused Benicio del Toro as a terrifying Benicio (laughs) del Toro. Sure. Um, yeah, because just like, what is he up to? Pee Wee's Big House. Uh, and then let's see. Um, yeah, nothing else. Oh, uh, Joe Biden. I mean, I, ge- yeah, I, I guess I understand in- why they did it, because they're trying to present...
1: It threw me off for the longest yeah. time, because I, I, I don't think most people know what that
0: film's about. I think that might be the issue.
1: You know, Oh,
2: that's true. He didn't, yeah, I, they gotta...
1: I, I was like, wait,
2: where is this going? Yeah. And then the song yeah. doesn't win. <laughs> that's the idea. That's the thing. It was... an I almost wish that there was an insta poll for when they do best song yeah. uh-huh. because it's the first time a lot of people are probably hearing those songs. I mean, I guess all of us in the audience, except for like the James Bond one. Yeah. Oh, and the Fifty Shades one. But, uh, well, the ones it, are fine songs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But if, if there was a, uh, if <laughs> not to turn it into an American, I don't think, but if people could like call in yeah. and, 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 uh, turn in their their votes uh we you know it would have won it all and it would have been a great moment
0: even though i think that song while powerful is actually pretty simplistic like they don't that's, it's not... that's
2: why it's powerful
0: oh that's, okay maybe
2: that's that's where its power is i guess that's true yeah i
1: i am somewhat on board with it i'm on board with i think the intention yeah although the specific the the liter- if i'm gonna take it completely literally I don't think I'm on board a hundred percent, but the idea of having all of those people come out, the idea that, uh, I mean, I saw Lady Lady Gaga just did, she just performed at the Grammys and did like this David Bowie tribute Mm. and she is nothing if not committed to a performance. And that was really nice to see. Sometimes it's easy to forget that that the movies are powerful and music is powerful because of commitment of passionate people. Yeah. Um, I mean, DiCaprio's has been getting slammed because he gave a committed, impassioned performance that he hasn't backed down from, and here you have something very similar. She genuinely cares about this topic. She made a song for a movie that nobody saw.
0: I don't think I even knew that it existed. I know.
2: I felt bad, like... And she did it because she she gives a if shit. If you're a documentary, you gotta get your shit on Netflix. Yeah, like let's. I mean, <laughs> yeah. No, but really, it's but like that that's. A,
1: I mean, ever, you just saw the shots of everybody after that song. Yeah, and after all, you're of like, those whoa, men and women came out. And
2: not to yeah. call it a commercial thing, but it is like suddenly you're and that's one of the great things about the oscars is that you do get to learn about movies like this yeah and now people are going to search it now yeah, hopefully no it does get on netflix yeah. or amazon or any, i'm sure it will yeah
0: if anything it's just like man i hope the movie can live up to that song
2: <laughs> um, yeah but, no uh, kidding so okay but i do love i mean that was uh, a lot of people i don't know if a lot of people but people do complain when the oscars get political they complain when Marlon Brando has a, uh, you know, Little Littlefeather. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I suppose most people who complain about that are dead now, but, uh, you know, people, you know, people have always been, felt like politics had no place in the Oscars, but I think I really appreciate it when they do, because there are so many eyeballs on this award. And also I don't like the idea of pretending that entertainment is apart from regular life, especially when so many of these movies uh, if we're going to tell movies uh, about things that really matter, you're going to have to delve into these. Yeah, uh, both issues. screenwriting awards. Yeah, I mean these these are yeah. issue movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, and and uh, yeah. I don't love the term issues movies. I know it's I know why I don't we have mean it. That as a no, I know. But yeah, but I'm just like that's where uh, you know human stories really live and really get to. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I think Spotlight works, even though it's such an expositional movie. Um, it you, it still works because they're delving into something that's so uh, personal and fragile, mm-hmm. um, and and it's like, yeah, I'm glad that we get to. I you know, I really think going back to the Chris Rock thing, I, well, I think I certainly hope that that uh, minds will change in certain people's approach, especially certain people in power, like especially, you know, producers, studio heads. Mm-hmm. Because he is able to talk about these things and and talk about things in a way that's accessible, just by yeah. making everybody laugh, mm-hmm. and yeah. I hope that you know, uh, and that and you know that's that's what I hope is that these things. I don't know. It's not about bugging people. People can get <laughs> bugged. I mean, if you look on Twitter, fucking everybody is bugged about everything. But you know, yes. I want.
0: Well, and it's I, I will say that one of the things that. I don't think there's anything inherently political about the the issue that that song has to deal with. It becomes well, political it, when you have Joe it, Biden walk out. It it would be again.
2: nice if it wasn't, but I think I unfortunately I think things like those do become political. I guess so.
1: They they can, but it you or I guess they would highlight the the political nature of it. Once they have Joe Biden come out, because then they're saying this side is on, is for the issue. Yeah, I said whatever. I
2: no, but I, I, I still didn't mind it. Yeah, if if, if but Joe Biden and Paul Ryan came out together sure. and presented, them, I, I will say though, I feel like you would have real power. Joe Biden is someone who does seem beloved by all sides in Washington. He's on. He's been in uh, Senate and Congress for how long?
0: Well, I mean, an argument could maybe be made for too long, but sure. No,
2: he's well, he's not there now. He's vice president. That's so. true. Well, he's the president of the Senate. Yeah. I'll tell you that right you now. He also uh, I was the, paying attention. is the major architect of the uh, modern drug war. So, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Watch out. Yeah. Sicario. Oh, ooh. exactly. Should have brought him out for that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and he's like, sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I will say this all the clips from Sicario just made me want to watch it again. I know. Yeah, it's no like shit. Ugh. I
1: also really want to watch
0: Cartel Land. Which one's more depressing?
2: That or, uh, oh, Cartel Land or uh, the. was the one by oppenheimer oh the the look Look of of silence yes. have you seen it no i haven't seen either of his films but i want to but i heard they're i love
1: love them both yeah i haven't seen the
2: second one the act of killing was marvelous the act
0: of
1: killing is it's both harrowing and it's also kind of an absurdist yeah uh, because i've heard about satire
2: film recreations and
1: stuff uh the look of silence is much less so but it has moments of such power
0: yeah and it actually, uh, as far as the act of killing, that speaks to kind of what you were talking about in uh, with Chris Rock, is that there is there is something really powerful about making a very important point <laughs> and incorporating humor. Yeah, somehow so, it yeah. gets somehow the whole thing gets darker yeah. and more urgent by uh-huh. having me laugh. I don't know how that's yeah. even possible. Um, but we do need to move on, and we'll look at some some the winners here. Uh, so we've talked about the ceremony in the in the general sense. Uh, what do you think in the broadest possible sense of the the, the landscape of wins?
1: What an interesting little night. I we know
0: had. it was. Yeah.
2: Anytime you thought a film was getting momentum. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's true. It 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. I I can't even tell you the last time. Best Picture surprised me.
2: Oh, oh yeah, that, that was a, it.
0: was a surprise. I I didn't think there was no. a chance it was getting it. Here's here's why why it surprised me. It and, won the
1: first and last awards of the night.
0: <laughs> I do funny. like that. That's funny. Um,
2: but Tom I, bookends uh, McCarthy <laughs> <laughs> I think that's perfect for <laughs> a guy who the spot, spotlight and the Cobbler were his two films absolutely. this year. Like sure. it's it's been his. The best of times and the worst of times. He, he yeah. fucking dickens us. us.
0: <laughs> uh, but no, the reason that I, that I was surprised, it's not that I didn't think it deserved it or anything like that, but the reason, it's just, you look at Mad Max and the, the momentum, the momentum yeah, yeah. that it had, you look at The Revenant and the last minute momentum. It's sure, just like, sure. okay, Revenant getting cinematography, actor, director, and picture, that's a very respectable yep. uh, four sure. awards. Spotlight got two Oscars. Yeah. Two for Screenplay and picture, and I believe uh, Scott Nye, who is there with us uh, this evening, he said that hasn't happened since 1952. Yeah. um, Lord. it's not a thing that happens very often. They, if they're gonna give something best picture, there does seem to be this attitude of we need to support that decision with these other, with at yeah. least two or three other wins. Yeah, but so, it makes
2: sense for this movie because it is it is a written movie, and I mean yeah. that in the best way, but and it is a very well acted movie. Uh, I, although I think Mark Ruffalo is the lead and Michael Keaton is kind of the supporting if you watch it, but I I flip it I, around.
0: I think Michael Keaton's the lead.
2: Um, but uh, it's and it you know it is well acted, well directed, but it is it is a a screenplay movie in the mm-hmm. best sense of a war in the word. And I and and I love that a film that's the screenplay first. I mean, you can look at some of those other movies and say like you know, you can maybe look at the Revenant and say cinematography first. You can look at Mad Max and say visual effects and editing first with spotlight. It is the written word first. Even it's even about writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that a movie that, that is a screenplay uh, first and foremost um, gets, gets a, uh, you know, such recognition.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I can't, I can't argue with you. And especially when you think about it, it's a movie that yes, Mark Ruffalo and Rachel McAdams—they got the nominations, sure, but yeah. they're part of an ensemble. It seems somehow wrong to single out any one. Sure, person. yeah, totally. And just yeah. and in that in that same way, it's just like yes, it is wonderfully edited. There is that, but at the yeah. same time, are you going to give it best editing over Mad Max? Of course not. Yeah, no, um, same with director. Like it is a very well directed film, but are you going to give it to him over InuRitu or George Miller or, or any of these other people? No, you're not. But that. But even though these individual elements might be. Bigger achievements for other films, this film is still very powerful and remarkably effective mm-hmm. yeah um,
2: it is it almost kind of reminds me of when Argo won, and we're like yeah it's it's not you know nothing not one particular element shines, win? but
0: Argo won three, yeah, it won editing picture screenplay. and adapted screenplay right it almost i think or it's was almost, it original i don't remember I have no idea i don't recall
2: it almost feels like uh I, I, it really feels appropriate for it to be best picture because it does feel like everything gels almost invisibly. You know, they say mm-hmm. uh, a musical score works when you don't notice it. All these elements, which I'm sure were very hard to get down, I'm sure those uh, actors had a, a hell of a time getting uh, the right tone for their performance, especially pa- playing real people in a real situation that wasn't too long ago. Um, it, it, the way it works is almost seamless, so it does kind of work as best picture. Yeah, uh, cause there is nothing flashy about it except for Mark Ruffalo's clearly early mm-hmm. Oscar reel, which was his Oscar yeah. clip, uh, here. But honestly, like, that's it. Like Michael Keaton, you know, even though that, that big scene, there's a big revelation for Michael Keaton's character and it is still very low key. Yeah. And that just speaks to how seamless, you know, but as it gets to you, it gets, you know, as you watch the film, it gets to you and it does hit you in an emotional way.
0: Yeah, no question about it. Um. And it's uh I mean a lot of people said it was between Big Short Revenant and Spotlight. Um and but I but as the as the evening went on, it's like, all right, it would appear that okay, screenplay is what Spotlight got. Right.
1: Uh
0: and then that's where it's gonna end and it's gonna be one of these other things, and then it became very clear like, all right, screenplay is the only thing Big Short's gonna get. So it's a revenant kind of night.
1: Well, it it became that way with the editing award. Yep. Once that happened and it went to Mad Max, then I really thought we could be in a Revenant picture, George Miller director sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was, you know, and, and I I, I really like Mad Max. I really like Revenant. I really like Spotlight and I really like the big short. Yeah. So it's not that I dislike any of these movies, but I will say hearing that the best picture was Spotlight, aside from the initial like, holy shit, I didn't think that was happening. It's a little bit of a letdown to me from the other narrative of, I mean the crazy one is you give actor and cinematography to the revenant and then you give picture and director to Mad Max and you just let Hollywood burn to the ground.
0: Uh, it's it, you know, I was really hoping because as, as much as I love Spotlight and I mean it was it's in my top 10. it's only two slots below uh, Mad Max. So as much as I love Spotlight, and as much as I didn't want Scott to get even more points uh, in the Oscar draft, yeah. um, I found myself just like, wow, every chance they have to give something to The Revenant, they're g- not every chance, but a lot of chances, they're giving it to Mad Max. And I thought, like, yeah. Yeah. what if the Academy embraced Mad Max to the tune of director and picture yeah. and all these technical awards? And I'm just like... And the thought was so invigorating to me because mm-hmm. uh, I thought like, oh, this this was a three uh, three horse race for a long time, and here comes this here comes this underdog. Yeah, uh, and they didn't do it, and it bummed me out. Um, so my thinking is that
1: as much as I love the Revenant, some other I, I'm just wondering if Spotlight was it the first choice on people's list, or do you think, or is it like the two three on Tons of people's lists, and that's how it's getting in there. And the Revenant just wasn't strong enough. Big Short just wasn't strong enough. Maybe Mad Max sort of split the difference. Could have siphoned away some of the Revenants.
0: I I think an argument could ultimately be made that which of these films is the most important. Hmm. Um, you know Mad Max is an amazing achievement and a film that I liked more than Spotlight The Revenant yeah. is a wonderful achievement and yes Big Short is important but and and people lost a lot of money and a lot of terrible things happened people can be very greedy Molested Kids is worse and this yeah. is and also and, it's
2: a bigger organization
0: <laughs> Yeah exactly and so I feel like that's I feel I like know. a I, lot of
1: people could vote for it on the that entire economy
2: No the Vatican
1: is is, is even farther reaching But that's because not I do want Catholic,
0: I, and that's the thing. I do wonder. You and I, Jason, are Protestant. Oh, For yeah, people I, that are Catholic, it I is. I went sure, to.
2: I'm yeah, yeah. half Jewish, half Catholic. I went to a Catholic school, and so it is. You know. Yeah. Were you? Is, are this going to turn into spotlight? Okay, it's, I'm, <laughs> well, I'm going to you know shine a light on you. know what? Somehow I'm going to make you uh, apologize. You know what? I. You know what was weird is I was. Uh, just walking by my laundromat and they had some for your consideration thing for spotlight. And it's the scene where Rachel McAdams is interviewing the one guy, yeah. uh, the gay guy who was, that's a tough scene. Yeah. And it's, then it's the picture of him with his head in his hands and Rachel McAdams interviewing him. And it says like for your consideration and stuff. Well, like, that's a weird kind of it picture. Something to use? Like, uh,
1: there, there's some little tagline like, Th- uh let their courage change Yeah, their courage change the world i think
2: S- sort of like yeah but then there's this i mean there's always this risk and i think that that is example of being on the wrong side of this risk where you're telling an important story uh I don't think Spotlight is exploitative, but I think that's an example of that camp- pa- campaign is an example of it being kind of a little exploitative. Yeah,
0: and they did that with the Oscar campaign for Twelve Years a Slave when they yeah. said like something like not we can't wait, but something it was something along those lines that like it's time. It's time. Is that it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I remember Rita Cannon told me about that for the first time, and I was just like, "You need to show me this." And so she she pulled it up online, and and I was just like, "This is." Yeah, come on, guys. Again, that's not the movie's fault. It is
2: not the movie's fault. Not and at all.
0: I, l- I, love that movie. Do um,
2: directors and stuff get a vote on how their films are campaigned? Some do. Some I think do it depends. Them. Yeah,
0: yeah. If I had to guess, I would say uh, like a Tarantino, and I would say a George Miller, yeah. and I feel like in in Yuri two, you know, at
2: yeah. this point, yeah. Uh,
0: but at the same time, um, what I'll say is, uh, and this is a the, the I, I don't think I'm 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 being too personal when I say this, so. When Jen – so I saw Spotlight, and then Jen and I watched it. Yeah. Well, she grew up Catholic. She went to Catholic school, and her first thought was, I'm going to look up and see if there's anybody in my school. That's the power of Spotlight. Oh, yeah, totally. People who were in that situation immediately, like, they have the same reaction that the characters do, which is, I need to find out if this affects – me in some way and it could
2: Uh but that great scene with is it ryan darcy james is the actor uh Uh, yes yes yeah where he's running it's one of the few examples where it's very showy uh Mm -hmm. filmmaking wise which is rare where they're that shot where they're following him running to that house and he puts up that sign like that is it's like this is literally in our backyards. This is literally the house next yeah. door. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just didn't know it. Yeah. Uh, and the people who didn't know it, uh, were not listened to. And, and yeah, this is, this is, this is why it's important.
1: I'd like to explain why I said that I felt a little bit deflated because okay. again, I really love spotlight, really re- strong film. Um, I don't think it's in my top 10, but, uh, so the I'm fucking thinking, Star Wars is absolutely yeah. Oh that's
0: God. not we're not doing this. Um, you, you guys
1: don't puff up. Don't you <laughs> puff at me? It's like because he he feels like he's weak, so he has to make himself <laughs> yeah. bigger. Also yeah, that arm you know what? Not, I like, bet
2: that's what Snoke is. <laughs> <laughs> when we see Snoke, I bet it, was, I bet it would look like Mel Brooks, The Schwartz, the Spaceballs. Maybe, but <laughs> be all he, small. he
1: has a hologram machine in your. Double, I know he's all so, like, "How big? so big with this?" Anyway, so, it's like the Wizard. Of so of Oz. the idea was that, like, okay, obviously Mad Max wins. That's insane. That's great. Yeah, oh, Revenant I, is is my favorite of those four. So I'd be happy to see that win. And then I think of the Big Short, and I think of how just ridiculous the writing is and that's some of my favorite writing of the year and how oddball it is and how much it does with the form of the based on a true story movie and that it would be kind of this weird little insane little experiment of a movie that wound up really working from a guy who nobody expected that from yeah so the idea that that would be the best picture was was a little bit more just exciting and invigorating. Yeah. So of the four, I thought had a chance, and really no one thought Mad Max did. But uh, Spotlight was like, I mean, I'm not upset that it won Best yeah. Picture, but it's just it just kind of it more fits into the the classic Hollywood narrative. Well, yeah. And, the, the classic Oscars narrative.
0: But Spotlight, and I will say that uh, one of the things that I like about Tom McCarthy and the way that he makes movies, even something like Spotlight, which, yes, it knows it's important, yeah. is that I feel like he directs in a way that it doesn't seem like Oscar bait. Danish That's Girl true. seemed yeah. like Oscar bait. It's important,
1: it's not self important. There yeah. you
0: go. That's a great way of putting it, yes. Um, Wait, and which I guess, one
1: seemed like Oscar bait?
0: The Danish yeah. Girl. Oh, God, yeah. You know. Um, and Tom so. Tom Cooper. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, he, if he makes a movie, was that
1: not point. a great little yeah. shot of Tom Hooper when Alicia Vikander wins, and she's like, "Oh, Tom, thank, thanks," she thanks Tom, and then it cuts to him, and he's just like giving this mm-hmm. like very dainty British wave. <laughs> like God, Tom Hooper. You
2: direct royalty. You become royalty. <laughs> uh, that's that's how he looks at it. Hoops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good old hoops.
1: I think that was my that was the most disappointing
0: acting. But I, I haven't seen it. I've heard she's very good in The Danish Girl.
1: Oh, see, we were talking with old Scott and I, and oh, okay. I, I asked him, and he said, "No, she's not even good in it." Oh,
2: that's. I not... kind of wish she had one for Ex Machina. Well, and that was. Hey, me too. Yeah. I, yeah, I had her for uh, for my
0: Oscar draft, so and that, that, that would have worked excellent. out great for me.
2: Yeah, and I was How really about happy
1: that movie winning Best Visual. Artist? Oh,
2: that no, felt great. Holy as much shit. as I love Mad Max,
1: that might be the the surprise of the night.
2: Uh, yeah, and I love that a film. You know, one of the things I loved about Ex Machina is the fact. Um, that you saw a sci-fi film uh-huh. that was not about explosions, that that, w- that felt like a great sci-fi short yeah. story by someone like William Gibson or Isaac Asimov that dealt with ideas that I think dealt with gender in a very uh, I- interesting, smart ways, especially the ending. Uh, and, and for it to say, like, visual effects cannot just be... Um, just ways to blow you away. It can yeah. tell, it can be, it's a, it's, it's part of storytelling mm-hmm. and yeah. we have to stop pretending. It's just post-production shit. We put on yeah. to, to, uh, to shore up a lot of shoddy filmmaking in other areas. Like it's it, part of the storytelling process. It's worth
1: noting that every other nominee in that category out budgets X Machina by over a hundred. Yeah, oh, Ooh, I don't, I don't doubt That's it. great. But Isn't that's, that a, a, that's,
0: that's very exciting. Visual effects so often are used to and, and I don't mean this in a negative way. I mean, you know, uh, Mad I Mad like Max, all the Mad, Mad Max movies. falls into this um, I Mean that Snoke looks great. You know, I'm so, joking. Oh, sure. We're moving on. We're moving on excellent. Um, but the It's a mystery. Who is he? Where's he from? I don't know. I don't know <laughs> boy, I but you know what can't wait to find Best out character, Best character. <laughs> yeah.
2: um, How do we know he's not one of the characters we've already seen just Put putting, putting on a projection. Ooh, the mystery deepens. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You don't the think Force he's Awakens Luke? And the mystery deepens.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> what was that? You don't think it's Luke in that little f- island? He's got a snow projector.
1: I, I a cu- snow I, machine. <laughs> I couldn't possibly care less.
0: <laughs>
2: oh, is it your top ten? But you can't care.
0: We're not it's doing this. <laughs> I'm moving on. I'm moving on. Uh, but uh, like you know, so often it's ve- it's like the idea of editing, where we, D- David and I have said it a million times that. Uh, Best editing usually winds up being most editing, and that tends to happen with visual effects as well. Mm. Here, it's literally just—it is key that you buy that this woman is a robot. Yeah, totally. yeah. That is the key. If you don't buy it, you don't the movie, movie doesn't work. Yeah. No. And so, yeah, there's no big things. They're not—they're not compositing one all these elements together like we saw in the in the Mad Max example. Um, it's literally that these visual effects need to be believable and invisible. You have to not even realize it. You have to not even think about it. To the point that when it was nominated, I remember being like, yeah, you know what? Mm-hmm. And f- and for that to win, I feel like that speaks to the people that are voting. Like the visual effects artists, being like, that yeah. is something special. Because that yeah. does
2: feel like it moves. It's funny, you know, Andy Serkis was brought out to that great montage that showed Gollum and Caesar. It didn't show Snoke, but nothing's perfect. Uh, <laughs> and, and there's been a lot of talk, and I certainly feel this way, that it's... You know it would be nice if he was nominated for Caesar, but then there's the talk of like, well, are we nominating him or nominating the visual effects and the visual effects in Alicia Vikander's performance are uh symbiotic mm-hmm. in that film, and mm-hmm. even though it's not quite what it's not motion capture quite like what Andy Circus does, it shows that a great performance and great visual effects and a great story can work together to be one seamless package,
0: yeah, it was you mentioned jason you said it was this sur- the surprise of the night and it's so weird when it's you know it's visual effects it's important but you know it's compared to screenplay or acting or director like it's not a thing that we we you know uh prioritize that much um but when you do when you see something like this and the surprise that comes with it and the the Everyone in that room was pleased Mm -hmm. because we saw that, yeah, it doesn't have to be big. It just has to be good. Yeah, exactly. And that's what that was about. Um,
1: And the idea of – I mean the purpose of award shows is to recognize quality and the fact that this little movie that got one other nomination but – if if it was gonna win one, we would probably expect it to win the screenplay. Sure. Not sure visual yeah. facts, but just the fact that a movie this small but this good and this well well received got some recognition. Yeah. Like that that was
0: exciting. Uh so looking at other wins, um I was I literally I actually said boo, uh, even though that was probably shitty of me. Uh Mark Rylance winning over uh in my for me, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. I think I, I I think his performance was fine in Bridge of Spies. It actually didn't work that great for me. Uh, hmm. Some of it might have been the writing that I had a problem with as far as his 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 character, um, but his, his performance is fine. But to me, like the lived in quality of Sylvester Stallone's performance in Creed was amazing like he won the bp and i yeah. had, and i voted for him sure um and i i really i wanted him to win not merely because he would have it would have been a really a nice moment to see yeah. him go up there but also because i think he actually deserved it i thought it, it was a wonderfully effective
2: performance and you talk about lived in it's something he's literally lived yeah with mm-hmm. since the 70s yeah and perhaps that. Gives them an unfair advantage for the rest of the competition. Sure. um, But uh, and it's a character, you know, he created. Yeah. um, To see that finally get, I mean, Rocky won Best Picture, but he's never won for the playing Rocky. I think. Uh, And so, yeah, it would be something to finally say. And he never. Yeah. And yeah. You don't Uh, know. You don't know of Creed two.
1: Look, he's He's, not getting nominated for Creed 2, Electric (laughs) (laughs) on, He could play Snoke, and he wouldn't get a nomination. I
2: want him to look really – I want him to look like Burgess Meredith. (laughs) He just shrinks and shrinks and shrinks. There Uh are a couple of things in Creed where he's got glasses on. You're like, he looks – 99 years old. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's great. And that's the thing you know I, I do agree with you. Now Rylance's performance works a lot more for me. I think it does feel very lived in. I think of the opening sequence of just he's a very patient yes, man. I like that. Um and I think I, I don't have as many script problems, I think, as, as you do about it. But I mean, Stallone was the far in a way first choice. Yeah. And second choice for me probably would have been Tom Hardy and then Rylance and then I don't care
2: yeah I think Ruffalo was a big favorite though I, I, I
0: think I, it was I, I, didn't get I think everybody was chains. was saying it was between uh, Rylance yeah. and Stallone yeah, yeah. Um, the fact although that they
1: didn't even know that Ruffalo was gonna be the nominee from that movie for yeah. a long time it seemed like it was gonna be Keaton as as oh sure as yeah. repayment yeah. for not winning last year for lead
2: um, although Keaton is in the best picture back to
0: back back to back yeah and uh, he had a delightful moment at the end with yes, that cookie in his that, mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I will Don't, say doesn't that... does
2: not have an Oscar, but he's got some free cookies. <laughs> he
0: paid for those. Yeah, um, that's true. The true. Uh, I will say that Mark Rylance's speech was wonderful. Um, very gracious. One of
1: the better ones. That yeah. I yeah.
0: Um, and, and acknowledging, I, I like when people, uh, they take a moment to realize that, yeah... I'm very happy I got this, but at the same time, how can we even begin to differentiate between each other, much less all the other supporting performances weren't even nominated? How can you even begin to compare these things? And I love that. You know, it reminded me actually a lot of when uh, Michael Caine won supporting actor for Cider House Rules, where he actually went performance by performance of of the other nominees and talked about how wonderful they were. And I just thought, like, oh, that's that marvelous. I love it. Yeah. There's
2: something inherently torturous uh, about the Oscars, although I feel this is part of this appeal by putting emotions in competition, yeah, uh, and, and and the way we express our emotions in competition right down, and we haven't talked about it yet. but the fact that the uh, Oscar acceptance, uh, are are two-tiered now. The fact that there's a uh, scroll, there's a crawl at the bottom. That's right, yeah. And then so people get to tell their, their speech. So there are people thanked, there's people who are just crawl-worthy, right. but not uh, uh, speech-worthy. Yeah. So it's like, there's, there's even a competition in terms of who's gonna be thanked. Like, we... Well, I think everybody,
0: I think officially, everybody's at the crawl at the bottom. The theory was, the person will be there. Yeah. And then your speech can actually be a larger thing. It can be about larger things and, and I and, and people didn't do it ha- no. yeah.
1: and it's it's the first year, but yeah, yeah that that didn't quite work. I think it's a it's a it seems like a good idea yeah. except I guess in the same way that no we don't know any of the names they're saying, so those really aren't for us because it doesn't mean anything to us yeah. I guess maybe the people who would be thanked are looking at the bottom going, where's my name? Where's my name? Okay, there it is. Yeah, You know, or is that it? Because that seems like a nice note from the winner would yeah. would, would accomplish the same.
0: There, um, there is something amazing about hearing your name said in this. Uh, in in this speech but at the same time I get what they're trying to do and I like the idea of it which is people have a moment to rather than talk about their agent uh they have a moment to uh, expound upon the artistic experience right and I think that would be and some people do that anyway yeah um and those moments when they work are kind of amazing yeah and 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 when someone makes it work uh and go out they go out of the way to do it so the theory behind it is interesting. I just don't, I don't think it will ever do it. Cause I don't think anybody who just wins an Oscar, I don't think they're going to go up and not thank their wife because their wife's name is on the, is scrolling <laughs> right. underneath them.
2: The know? last thing you want to hear in a, like if you imagine uh, listening to a couple fight in the apartment next door and you hear, honey, you were thanked in the crawl. <laughs> I would <laughs> jump out the window. I'd be like, well, that's it for the human race. <laughs> we're done. <laughs>
0: right. Um, so, uh, other, let's see, other wins that were, you know, that we were happy about, not happy about, by, by and large, it, I was happy with everything.
2: I, I, it does, does this sound weird? That does mean a lot to see Mad Max get nominated because films like that, well, one, films like that usually aren't made as well as that film. Yeah. Um, but it is, you know, a big, going back to Buster Keaton, you know, action films like that really well-made action films get to the heart of what cinema can do Mm -hmm. and what cinema can do that other art forms can't do. And to see the efforts by so many people under the direction of an old master like George Miller, like it does it fucking like it, 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 it's great to see that recognized. Um, so many of, years.
0: So many of these other movies. As much as you know, my favorite movie of of 2015 was Brooklyn. I mean, i which is in many ways about as conventional as you can get. It just happens to be really great mm-hmm. in 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 telling that story. um But so many of these movies, as great as they can be, as effective as they can be, are still pretty straightforward. It's it's movie making as you've seen it before. Mm-hmm. The Revenant does some great things, but. Even some of its principles Oh, see,
1: I was going to put that in the same category as Mad Max.
0: I think it's close. Uh, but at the same time... We have
1: not seen that stuff before. That's why we haven't seen I, I the just natural means, lighting used, the landscapes used as effectively. And and the way he uses cinema, the way he shoots, the long takes, the choreography of it.
0: That is a thing that I appreciate a great deal. I do. I do think that there are just, even just the type of story that it is. I have a tremendous respect for The Revenant. Um, I, I never understood why people are so angry at it. It was the same with Birdman last year. People are just like, ah, that movie's dumb. And it's like, look, if you want to say it's maybe a bit on the nose at times, that's fine. But Birdman
2: but had a very self-importance to it. I sure,
0: think. that's fine. I don't care uh, because. I still relate to those characters. I still think it's well acted. I, I certainly think it's well shot. There's definitely, like, some people are like, ah, he's just trying to challenge himself. Is that the worst thing uh, that a filmmaker's trying to challenge themselves, and by and large is succeeding in what he's trying to do? That's the thing that I like about Enuri too, and he's a filmmaker I used to not really like that much. I didn't like Babel that much. Yeah, um, I've, I've, I've kinda, I've been on board with him yeah, from the beginning.
1: From the beginning, I'm a huge fan of Babel. I Birdman is one of my is probably my least favorite of his films. I didn't see beautiful, but there's something about it. I know a lot of people put him in the cla- They classify him as a, as self important, and I think it's it should be harder to do that when he's genuine about it. Yeah, it's not like he's doing it with this false superiority or this false sense that like I am. I am a torture. Like he doesn't really talk about himself as a tortured artist. He talks about the difficulties of shooting. Yeah. But he talks about it because it invigorates him.
0: I think there, there's almost, I'm reluctant to say this because I don't think this is 100% true. It's not the perfect, perfect word. There's an almost experimental quality to the way he makes movies, especially these days, which is I've been given a budget and I've been given a free hand. I'm not going to waste that. Mm-hmm. I want to actually use the opportunity to try and do something. To try to achieve something either artistically yeah. or thematically.
1: Well, what did they the the phrase that DiCaprio has said a couple times now is they were trying to create a transcendent cinematic experience. They wanted, without having super and this is why I lump it in with Mad Max, mm-hmm. without having superheroes, without having the sort of conventional $150 million movie that you see from Hollywood, using that money and creating a complete world of a transcendent immersive visceral experience with cinema yeah that's something that can move the art form forward and and i love that and so that's why i was so excited that both of them yeah were i mean it was like there was sort of the clash of those two titans like which one is gonna win
0: if you watch those two movies in the same day you will see some pretty pinnacle filmmaking yeah uh and two two directors who I think it I think it applies a bit more with Mad Max, but I think you're you're right as far as just the way that Inuri two pushes himself. You have directors who are like, "Yes, I recognize what storytelling is, and I recognize what we all acknowledge film to be, uh, but me recognizing that doesn't mean I need to let myself be limited by that. I'm yeah. going to do what I want to do. It might fit your rules. it might not. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's necessarily a defiance there. It's more just, this is what this seems to me to be the best way to make this movie, and yes. that's all I care about. Um And so, for the Oscars to go back into what you were saying, for the Oscars to embrace mm-hmm. Mad Max, mm-hmm. you know, within Eurythmie, he at least has Oscar pedigree. He does. So, absolutely. so there, there, there's something of an assumption there. But for jo- George Miller, does not Happy Feet, notwithstanding. No, that's true. Um, I
2: believe Lorenzo Oil was nominated for Best Picture. Did he direct that? Yeah. Wow. I don't think it was. I might be wrong, Obviously, but I don't think he's it was
1: Oscar royalty. He no right. yeah. has,
2: he's had a weird career, but yeah, he has, he already has won an Oscar. Yeah. And Oscar's it's. always sucking at the teeth of old George Miller. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And he's do like, do you think this was like, enjoy it. Do you think this was a weird Oscars for John Landis and Joe Dante? in the fact that the 1983 twilight zone movie, two of the directors from that Steven Spielberg and George Miller are, have films on it for best picture. And John Landis and Joe Dante are probably what? Probably at each other's house. I don't know. Maybe let's ask Vic Morrow. What do you think? Oh, of that? shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If we ask Vic Morrow, we say, I'm glad my daughter is nominated for an award. Which, what? Jeff Jeffrey Jason Lee? I don't think I knew is that. Is Vic
0: Morrow's daughter? I, I do Interesting. Do you know who Vic Morrow is, Jason? I do not. Um, he was, I John know him. John Landis does. What was that? <laughs> John Landis Yes, does. he is haunted by him every night. Yeah. Uh, uh, Vic Morrow, I know him primarily as uh, the opposing coach in the original Bad News Bears, but he was in the Twilight Zone movie, and there was a terrible uh, accident with a helicopter that caused him to be deca- uh, decapitated. Whoops! Um, and uh, that is on John Landis's head, and uh, he has to live Although, with Although, well, he wasn't—he
2: was acquitted in the trial. Well, you know,
0: the,
2: so is O.J. Simpson. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Um, so the Twilight Zone case is mentioned in the People versus O.J. Simpson. Now I want—is it really? Yeah. Because,
1: I've been watching it. It's, it's pretty good. It's great. He
2: goes McMartin, Twilight Zone, Menendez, all the big cases. So I think it's uh Yeah, Vic is Morrow that? is yeah. Jennifer Jason Leigh's dad. Wow. That's you didn't crazy. know that? I
0: didn't even I didn't I I didn't even know that. She's a Had nominee no this year. Um, and so uh Both movies have Tom Hardy, by the way, Revenant and Mad Max. That's yeah, true. That's true. He's, he's I a good forget that Ma- that Tom Hardy's in Mad Max. I forget that Mad Max is oh. a character in Mad Max. Yeah, it is Charlie Thrones' movie. I mean, yeah. I have to say totally. and and great. I forget the name of the actor, but a Morton Joe is everything about. Oh yeah, it's is, the, it's is the is same wonderful.
2: guy who plays Toe Cutter in the first Mad Max. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Um played look on Farscape. You guys, remember Farscape? I know yeah. of it. Yeah,
1: yeah, I never watched it.
2: All right, a lot of Australians in it, so that's why the <laughs> Mad Max connection. <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh,
0: and, you know, we, we spend a lot of time making fun of the Oscars and talking about how they don't matter, but I feel like... uh well, we I, don't. I mean, what was that? We don't. Well, we I have t- a fantasy draft for it. <laughs> yeah, but we... <laughs> It matters cuz it's the
2: last one. That's why we give it that's why the it's worth more points. Until and when will people listen? We put the MTV Movie Awards <laughs> in this thing. We can't drag drag this out to June, man. Like we can't do it. Sure. You say that. You don't want me to win cuz I always thought I was going to win for best kiss. <laughs> Maybe we can do one in June just for yeah. you. Um, but yeah, uh
0: so I, 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 I feel like I'm wrapping up. I don't necessarily want to do that because there's a couple other things I want to talk about. But, um, but you know, critics and, and online people, we make fun of the Oscars and we talk about how they don't really matter that much in the long run. But this, for a number of reasons, this Oscars mattered. The ceremony wanted to matter. Sure. And yeah, yeah. whether you think it went too far in that regard or whatever it is, you know, I didn't respond to all of it uh, 100%. They at least wanted to be relevant culturally. Yeah, as yeah. opposed to hey we got to get that you you know that youth demographic it sure, wasn't that, that was, kind of relevant yeah, it yeah. wanted to be a much deeper kind of relevant and i think it was um and in that and in the same way i think they wanted to be i think they wanted to really embrace something things that were artistically striking and yes spotlight I love Spotlight. It winning Best Picture is not that risky of a thing. Mad Max would buy, would have been by far the riskiest sure. thing. Yeah. Um Revenant not as risky as one would have thought a couple years ago. Right. But um so when you look at these movies and you look at just how many awards went to The Revenant, went to Mad Max, this becomes, you know, the, these uh, these winners and these nominations more so than past years are very vital and I think are very uh mm-hmm very, very relevant to anybody who wants to learn what movie making is and really embrace the limits, uh, the, the, uh explore the limits of, of the medium. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, so one thing that I wanted to talk about before, before we, we finish up, um, that, uh, Jason, you were talking about beforehand and it's something I wanted to address, which is, um, ben, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, winning best actor finally you know there's yeah. there's been so much this year about yeah him winning and him just like making these choices that it's just like he obviously this is a thing he's gunning for and that sort of thing uh people have been very snarky about it people have been very cynical very sarcastic about it um it has always rubbed me the wrong way um mostly also about just how they approach the revenant in general mm-hmm. um so I will say one thing that I thought was kind of funny that uh, he, in his speech, he describes the Revenant as a uh, man's relationship to the natural world. And then he goes on to say how we need to take care of the, the natu- uh, natural world. And part of me is like, uh, did you see the Revenant? It will kill us. We we need to fight it. We need to subdue it. You're, you're going to Monty Burns and this shit? <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. Tough cheese. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's – uh, so that's the thing that struck me as interesting. It's like, uh, if anything, it's about how we're losing. So I think we got to step it up, (laughs) um, take that atmosphere or lack thereof. Mm -hmm. Um, but as far as, as far as, um, him seeming to, you know, really be aiming for it. And we act as though it's some kind of crime that he actually seems to want an Academy Award, seems to want some kind of validation artistically for something that he's done. Um, Jason, I'll let I'll let you talk about it because the thing that you were more passionate about than Mm -hmm. I was—not that I'm not—but I don't know. So what what caused you to kind of pay attention to all this hullabaloo surrounding uh, DiCaprio this year?
1: It's the idea that everybody's been people by and large are are in support of DiCaprio. Yeah, like they they tend to like him. He's got a very good reputation. Except the moment that it appears that he would value recognition in the form of an Oscar, all of a sudden it's like we treat him like he's a child who just wants a nice play thing. And yeah. we, we, we sort of like, we it's just this immediate superiority of like, oh God, look how much he wants an Oscar. And we immediately say like, Oscars don't matter. It's like, look how nakedly, it's like, we can't stand watching somebody genuinely want something else mm. and genuinely go for it there's been a lot of reports he's been attending all the luncheons uh you know a lot of the smaller ceremonies i think or just sort of all, all the events or whatever they are where he can meet with the voters to try to get this award and it's bec- i i it just pisses me off and just frustrates me about people that this is a movie he clearly is passionate about. Yeah. This is a movie, you look at his other performances, they are so verbal. They're very physical and he's been getting, he, he he's often involve, it involves physical and verbal uh, characters and sort of puts those two things together and now he is depending solely on the physical. So he's pushing himself. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with somebody who feels like they're pushing themselves and they want to push themselves to want to be well-regarded for that and to want this movie. And again, I think he sees it as more than just himself. I think he does see it as creating transcendent movie experiences. So while that, that could sound like a canned little phrase that they've come up with, I think he cares about cinema. And I think he cares about creating things that are compelling. And he cares about being a part of that. And he really wanted this to get recognized because it meant so much to him. And I, I have a problem with people looking at something that means something to somebody and saying, well, it's really easy for me because it doesn't mean that to me. So I'm going to mock you because it does mean that to you. Yeah. I think that's just such an ugly, that's such an ugly reaction to have. And they have it about too, and I too. And it's funny. They now sort of have lumped DiCaprio in with Inyaratu, it in, just for the purposes of this award season, which is yeah. kind of an odd thing.
0: You know, there's a the the film Shattered Glass. Um, I was watching the commentary, and it was the director Billy Ray, and then Chuck Lane, which is the speed the the Peter Sarsgaard character, and there's a moment in the film where. Chuck Lane is elevated to the, now he's the editor Mm -hmm. of, of the, uh, of the magazine of the new, the new Republic. And everyone's is kind of like iffy about it. They feel like maybe he did some shady dealings or whatever. And there's this moment in the film where he, uh, he has now been promoted. He is now the guy in charge and he goes to his office. But before he steps in, he stands and kind of looks out at the staff and they're all kind of looking at him and he just, in that very intense, smoldering way that Peter Sarsgaard has, he just kind of surveys what's going on here. Yeah. Um, and in the in the commentary, I remember Chuck Lane. Either maybe Billy Ray was quoting Chuck Lane, um, but basically he said that what he wa- what Chuck wanted to say in real life in that moment was, "What was I supposed to do? Say no? This is the job I've wanted my whole life."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And how many actors in Hollywood have practiced their Oscar speech? How many people would be yeah. thrilled to even be nominated, much less win? Mm-hmm. There's nothing, you know, I mean, for God's sake, as much as I downplay the podcast awards, I'd love to win one. Yeah. You know, uh, there's just, it's it's validation, it's recognition, it's people saying, you know what, we, you yeah. are, you're a part of us and you... You deserve to be thought of in a very specific way, yeah. and yes, maybe someone could say, "Well, it comes from a place of insecurity." It comes from whatever, but it, I like you said, it, I somebody wants it, something. Yeah, they lo-
1: maybe they look at it like it comes from a place of pure vanity. Sure. Uh, that, or or maybe uh, maybe they think it's self congratulatory. Maybe they think that uh, he's saying, "Because I'm famous, I deserve to be rewarded," and I I guess I can understand that but that's also just assuming the worst yeah and there's no sense of there's no benefit of the doubt given to him and i think if you listen to him again he really it's about more than just himself it is about the movie he's really proud of the movie and being proud of something that you've worked on uh especially in i mean you know how many I don't know how many plays I was in when I was an actor that like, God, I wish that play had been better. Yeah. And it pisses me off. It pissed me off that like, oh, I, I wanted this thing to be good. I want to create something good. And now DiCaprio's been, that's such a, I just want to point out that that is like the tiniest example of what he's feeling. Yeah. Um, you know, and now he's got something that he's really proud of and he wants it to be recognized as such i have no problem with that i don't think it's vanity i think it's i think it's kind of a basic human thing and it feels and and those are the ones that are easiest to just ream people for
0: yeah there there is you know while while i will sometimes shit on some of the the some of the self-importance of the oscars and it does have that quality It, it does need to be deflated from time to time um I think people for whatever reason maybe they look at, at like all oh, these Hollywood phonies or all these rich people like is isn't it like you're already rich and famous do you really need like this this gold trophy to tell you you're good uh-huh. uh yeah maybe you know it's uh, I, there's nothing wrong in the, in this life with looking for validation mm-hmm. and maybe that's what he's looking for or maybe he's really proud of the film and yep. he saw what Emmanuel Lebeski was doing he saw what Inuri was doing he's like man they're doing great things. Great stuff, and this film falls on my shoulders, being the sole uh, like the primary on-screen performer. And just think about like how awesome would it be if all three of us got Oscars? Yeah. Because as much as Tom Hardy, as great as Tom Hardy is, as as great nominated. as nominated, yeah, as great as a lot of these other things are, like the direction, that lead performance, and the cinematography. That is, if you look at those things, those three things together, you've got the movie. Mm-hmm. And it would seem somehow wrong for him to not be included in that. Now the three of them are linked not merely with the film yeah. but in this way. And, and you notice
1: in his speech he goes through people who helped him along in his career. Yeah. Obviously singles out Scorsese as like how much he's taught me. That's not that doesn't really strike me as the guy as the um you know and this could be seen as too snarky on my part but th- it's not like Anne Hathaway going up and saying I've dreamed about this moment. And, right. And it and that does seem more about her. Um, but even that, it's like Yeah, there's maybe maybe we can lend a little bit of forgiveness. It's yeah. it is it's such an easy target to say, God, look at how much they want this thing. What a jerk. Yeah. I mean, Tarantino has said Tarantino, who we just we we can't wait to fillate every time he <laughs> says something. I mean, he's talked about how much he thinks he was robbed for Inglorious Bastards and how much he still wants, he wanted that Oscar yeah. for that screenplay, you know? And when he does win for Django Unchained, what does he do? He goes up and he goes, I really got it right. <laughs> like, it is just like all about himself. And we say, oh, how wonderful, how Tarantino-like of him. Yeah. It's like, if we can forgive that, that <laughs> there's probably uh, a large dose of ego I, I think we can maybe extend that same grace to to some of these other people.
2: And if and we, your thoughts? Yes, I, uh, I, it's weird because I haven't seen the Revenant. Um, you keep saying Revenant. Revenant. Revenant a, I don't know. That's that, Revenant. that's now that's why I haven't seen it. I keep going no, to the box office, <laughs> saying the wrong thing, and they don't give me the ticket. And they're like, I think you we don't have with this,
1: that movie But this guy snow in it. All I the keep, kids are loving
2: it. That is, yeah, maybe that's my problem with Star Wars. I <laughs> thought, when is when's that bear going <laughs> to attack him? <laughs>
0: is now I should say man? a bear-like
2: character does attack uh, Kylo Ren, I suppose. So. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. But I don't know. Here's the thing: is that uh, selfless artistic uh, d- desires, like seeing your collaborators mm-hmm. get uh uh recognition, uh, seeing uh you know, trying to get some success so you can make smaller projects happen. Um, those things are inex uh tied to ego. It's like we mm-hmm. you know, we cannot be egoless um uh performers and especially now and especially Oscar season where it is about campaigning. Mm-hmm. Um yeah this whole it, thing it, you is you know it'll on. The, yeah the 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 promoting of self and the promoting and I think this is a very twenty first century thing. Uh, the promoting of self and the promoting of even genuine artistic, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it uh, genuine artistic uh, desires are they're so they're so mixed now uh, that it 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 becomes a sticky thing to unravel. I mm-hmm. mean, we love I don't know. You can't have a Thomas Pynchon now as much as we love. The idea of I love the idea of someone who just puts something out and not talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's wonderful. Um, I don't know. You can you can be Terrence Malick now these days. He can still be. He him. can. Terrence yeah. Malick is grandfathered in. <laughs>
1: yeah, but <laughs> to, to the Terrence Malick uh, anonymous.
2: But no, over. if like if anyone's going to be Terrence Malick, like Paul Thomas Anderson can't be Terrence Malick, right? Even though I, you know, there's probably a chance where he could have been. But no, sure. he's got a WTF interview. Right. You know, it's, it's, uh, he's got long talks. You know, it's, mm-hmm. you can't, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's a hard thing. And I, and I'm sure DiCaprio probably did it as, a you know, as classy as possible. But I thought it was, it was tough. I think people were tired of hearing the idea of the Revenant w- was hard to film. I think that rubbed a lot of Yeah. Long way. No,
0: you're right. Yeah. Uh, that, that is true. Um, I remember, um, years ago I was ta- I, I saw Transformers with a friend and I afterwards I was talking about a lot of things I did not care for sure, in the yeah. film uh, and he immediately jumped to it's like he goes and this you know I'm a critic and he was a filmmaker and he immediately jumped to well he's like well he goes you know that film seemed like it was remarkably difficult to make. I mean, the, the fact that he got it made at all, and that it's as it's as coherent as it is, and that and that the special effects and the action sequences hang together as well coherent as, they do. as it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. That's,
1: I am. I will say, I am someone as a filmmaker. I am someone who sees those Transformers movies and goes like, "How did all of those shots get filmed?" Yeah, absolutely. Like, how did someone know that they needed all of those shots? Sort of because it usually is a bunch of chaos. Yeah. It just seems like this gigantic. Yeah.
0: Every one second shot required a setup. Yeah. You know, like, so that's the thing. So he immediately jumped to. That like that any criticism doesn't count because of how difficult it must have been to make right. movies. like, hey, I get it, but you know what? Good movies are just as hard to make as bad movies, yeah, in many cases. And so if a if a good one is made, you know, Jaws was remarkably difficult to make, and it is they also managed along the way to make one of the best movies of all time. yeah. um and so, yeah, to to tout the like I deserve this because look cause look at all the look at how hard this was. And I don't think he was necessarily doing that. It's more just, hey, here's a story about what this shoot required and, mm-hmm. you know, I did that. Um, you know, at the same time, Michael Fassbender could say, do you realize how much how much fucking dialogue I had to memorize? Yeah. And, uh, and uh, just have it flood out of my mouth all the time. Um, you know, anybody can say that.
1: And be able to attach intention. Yeah. And purpose to each of those. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And so, um, so while I don't think that somebody deserves... Right an award or even to be lauded simply because something was inherently difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel like, yeah, I, I don't think that's what he was. That's the argument he was making.
1: Now, do you think people are, cause we, I'm thinking of apocalypse now okay, and how much we love to think about the difficulty of that. Of yeah. The making of that film. Is there a sense maybe that people think that, they're trying to put themselves in that league of like oh look apocalypse now is difficult to make Maybe. and it's a
0: masterpiece
1: well hey look how difficult our movie was okay. it must be difficulty equals artistic integrity it's
0: like the lobster scene in annie hall Uh where in one case it happened like the the goofiness with the lobsters in the kitchen happens organically and then he tries to recreate it artificially with another girlfriend doesn't go as well right um i i could see someone making that argument because you know it's one thing for me to acknowledge the ambition of Inuri2. yeah but then if he in the same breath says yeah it was really difficult it's like yeah you wrote the fucking thing right you, like you decided this was going to be this difficult you did this to yourself sir mm-hmm. you can't you can't do both you know right. uh if you said you know we we wanted to make the movie this way it was very difficult but it was worth it it's like all right you breathe you breezed over the difficult part good for you yeah. because you recognize that for you this was the only way to make this film mm-hmm. um and so uh yeah and i think in the case of Apocalypse Now one of the reasons that we love hearing those stories of how horrible it was behind the scenes is because I think that emotional turmoil actually, uh, becomes, uh, it, in. It, it seeps into yeah. the actual product. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, I'd like to state for the record. This is,
1: I do not think the revenant is as good as apocalypse now.
0: No, I think one of the, I, I genuinely think apocalypse now is one of the 10 best movies of all time. Um, you wrote out Snoke. <laughs> even with even without Snoke and Watch even that. he's
1: always puffing up again
0: <laughs> yeah, and even with even with a hack director like a Francis Ford Coppola as opposed I to I should the say all Frank J. 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 speaking
2: of how difficult it was Coppola did think that if he died he would have gotten Milius to direct it and then if Milius died George Lucas would have directed it so oh man man there could be six episodes of apocalypse now. <laughs> sure, there was a whole documentary of it. I mean, yeah, that's, oh,
0: that's a wonderful documentary. Um, yeah, so I'm glad I wanted to to talk about that because this that was is, a lengthy seg uh, or uh, sidebar. But, it was, but it was yeah. one of the, it was one of the actual narratives of this Oscar season. Yes, like the big thing was like Oscars so white, and then second or third was. Yeah, It's time for for Leo to win. And am I happy about that?
1: Right. And I do think a lot of that is probably the other side of the publicity machine you were talking about from Spotlight of seeing like that poster. It's like, well, the publicity people for The Revenant, they have the, oh, it's man in the natural world, and look how hard we work.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that sometimes unfortunately becomes a narrative.
0: Yeah. Which, and as you said, like that is not the fault of the film, right. but, it, but this time of year, it all gets oh, mixed man. together.
2: It does make me think this is a weird, uh, year of underdogs winning and is overdogs or over cats, the opposite of underdog. <laughs> uh, but of, you know, whether it's Lubeski, uh, Inurito, uh, the, you know, people who have won before, uh, people who are, Oscar royalty, uh-huh. and then you see uh, the Mad Max people win. You see Ex Machina. The fact that Adam McKay, like who who has done a lot of good work, but has done work in films that Oscars just don't recognize. That now that he has an Oscar, uh, Brie Larson, who I think has been the uh, kind of a secret weapon of a lot of yeah. films. Like she's been the best uh, three minutes in a lot of other <laughs> films. Uh, the and fact that she now has an yeah. award, it's like, fuck, yeah. Fucking Envy Adams from Scott Pilgrim yeah. has an award.
1: And how...
0: Abed's girlfriend. Ha,
1: yeah. Yeah. How freaking adorable is everything her and Jacob Tremblay? Yeah, it's great. Um, I could watch the two of them high-five each other all day long.
0: Yeah, it's, it's marvelous. And even just in the way they interact, you can tell, like... There was a bond that, yeah, that 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 yeah. that was something special. Like what they like, they could be. They're probably going to be uh, like friends insofar as one can be friends with a nine-year-old. But like, yeah. they will be close their entire lives. I yeah. genuinely believe that. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. So I'm trying to think if there's anything else that 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 jumped out at me. Um.
2: Oh, not, Ennio Morricone also feels oh, underdogish, right. yes, even yes. though he has a lifetime achievement award. But it's like that dude. He's 87 he's made so much good uh, so much good work and it's weird he says like oh you know good music comes from having a good movie even though he's done great music for not that great movies yeah. his music for exorcist 2 the heretic is awesome it almost <laughs> Uh, justifies the existence of Er exorcist Two, the heretic Uh, it's you know and and for him to like win first of all especially for such fantastic work his score on hateful eight is amazing and I think jumps that film up a grade just from the score alone yeah Um, it's like fuck yes it's like finally
0: and this is this is one of those uh, years when when you look at George Miller yeah, and he doesn't look like a frail old man by any stretch, but he's no. in his seventies.
2: Uh, seventy, he, yeah.
0: Oh, he is seventy. Okay, yeah.
2: He was 68, 69 when
0: it was being made. And then you look at more Morricone, who is 80, 90, 87. 87, Okay, or like looks even older. Yeah, he's really he old he, old. he does look like a frail old man. Yeah. 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 Um, and you th- you look at these these two older gentlemen. And it's sort of like when, it's it's actually so much more than this, but it's sort of like when you watch a comedy sketch or something like that with an older person and they actually show that, oh, they actually get the joke. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, That these guys, one of the things about the Hateful Eight score is it's one of the most vibrant pieces of music, one of the most alive pieces of music uh, in any film this year, mm-hmm. uh, maybe the most, um, except maybe, you know, Mad Max, which was just like, that was great screaming that was great in your score. ear. Yeah. Um, and so that these two older guys can create some of the most vivacious, uh, pieces of art of yeah. the year is something that's very
2: exciting. And also them. all the, the people working on Mad Max, I know his wife who did win an Oscar, Margaret Sixler, like the, mm-hmm. the, uh, it is um, you know, people who, who have been around, and probably people yeah. who have worked with George Miller a lot, yeah. Or well, George Miller's is for a long time, yeah.
0: With
1: with being a big reason why the movie works, because she is not an action director, hmm. and he said or action that, editor. Ex, yeah, yeah, sorry, action editor, and so he thought he he just knew that she would have the sort of eye that would keep the movie moving, and not let it become something standard. Wouldn't let it feel like. If he got an action editor, it would feel like a lot of other action movies. But because he had her, he said that that helped establish the unique tone.
0: Yeah, yeah, because not only does it not feel like other action movies, it doesn't feel like other movies.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, Every time we saw clips from Mad Max...
2: It was invigorating. Yeah. yeah every totally. time I saw a clip, I, I was just like, Hey, uh, does
0: anybody want yeah, to wanna, just forego the Oscars and just, just watch, Man watch Man. it? I, I mean, that really
2: is a film, I saw four times in theaters. Wow. Um, and I have to tell you, it, it works every time, especially the ending. Like I would know when things are coming and, you know, I get to appreciate them in a new way. But when you see that final battle with, with all the players coming together, it works It worked the fourth time in theaters as it did the first time. Mm. And that is a testament to, honestly, to great editing, maybe more than anything else.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. So we will, uh, we will uh, wrap this up. Um, You know, congratulations to Spotlight, a a film that I think is certainly a worthy best picture, even if it's a surprise. The
2: fact that The Cobbler and the Spotlight came out the same year is is inspiring in its own way. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I guess that's true. You know, you can't keep a good uh, McCarthy down.
2: Yeah, that's right. Um, Now it sounds like I'm talking about uh, Senator McCarthy. (laughs) Listen, what's it going to be next? It's flipping the coin. We don't know what we're going to get.
0: It could be maybe the worst
2: movie you've ever seen. I know. That's
0: the Tom McCarthy guarantee. Um, (laughs) I say that as though I, I love everything he's done in The Cobbler. He was trying something. It was unsuccessful, and he, he co-wrote it something. too.
2: It's not like yeah. he, it's not like he was thrust upon him. Yeah, this he was, was not like, a this was not a
0: studio thing where it's like, hey, if you let me, it's like, if I direct this, will you let me make this uh, this uh, Catholic priest scandal thing? Yeah. Um, no, this was this originated with him. It was a thing he wanted to do, and I, I think it was a total misfire. But I, I kind of respect his his commitment.
2: To do it. you feel like it's almost like he had to at the cobbler to make spotlight? or all all your films well, nobody I think has all to your make the cowboy. all your previous efforts inform what you're currently doing sure yes that yeah. is true
0: um, i definitely think that i mean spotlight fits so well w- in a way that i wouldn't have expected with his previous films just the the, the idea of like a makeshift family
2: what um, if when tom mccarthy was on stage for best supporting for not for best uh, film And he's just like, watch The Cobbler on Netflix, please. (laughs) Like, if he plugs The Cobbler, how great would that be? (laughs) That would be
1: fantastic. And everyone's just like, ah. And he's like, it's "It's
2: better than this sack of shit. (laughs) I made this to make that. I made this for one reason, to get on stage (laughs) and tell you motherfuckers to watch The Cobbler. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Diversity, global warming. I've got one religion in my life. It's called the cobbler. (laughs) I'm talking about people becoming other people in their shoes. (laughs) If we want this world to be more diverse, Adam Sandler has to become Method Man (laughs) by putting on Method Man's shoes. And uh, creepily, potentially uh, raping Dan Stevenson. Sure. He has to go on a date with his own mom. Man,
0: that scene is hot. All right. So we are going to end it there. Uh, <laughs> that is what, 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 yeah, what better way to end it. Um, but yes, thank you, Jason, for being a part of this. I love uh, it. Thank you, Ian, for being a part of this as well. Thank um, you. Listeners, you can find us at battleshippretention.com And uh, I should say, so for the last couple of months, there has been a lot of end of the year coverage, uh, various be- uh, top tens. Uh, we just released the Battleship Pretension official top ten. Um, and then, of course, there is the BP's, a much better ceremony. Uh, than the Oscars uh, featuring somebody actually accepting his BP, which is very exciting. Um, Wait, but yeah. Stallone? You got Yes, Stallone? I did. Yeah. yeah, and he was so gracious, but he campaigned hard oh, for that right. BP. <laughs> yeah. He wanted that thing, and you know what? <laughs> it was kind of a He off. looked at that
2: mirror, and he said, this is your toughest opponent in the ring. I think that's true in the ring, and also in the BP. And I said, Stallone, you said the ring twice. He said, I just watched it, no. <laughs> Naomi Watts, she's so great. Cut off his mic. Someone cut off his mic. What if mic. they played me off? What if they played right of the, the Valkyries? I'm going to punch you. Which is a weird on. choice for playoff music. Because yeah. it just makes you more invigorated. It's yeah. like, fuck, I got my second <laughs> win with these Valkyries. And you expect to play me off? You're right. I'll thank Markable. I'm being ball. played on, baby. <laughs> yeah, and
0: I did like the Inuri, too. It was just like... I'm going.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I'm playing you off. What do yeah. you think of that yeah. music? I, it would be if I was accepting uh, Oscar awards. They they try that shit. I'd be like, thanks for the thanks for the soundtrack, guys. Keep it going. <laughs> yeah, and this, they don't have one of those big canes coming in from the No, sand. they don't have the Sandman from the Apollo coming out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that is a fun reference oh, good for God. you okay yeah, i stayed up late way after saturday night live going up <laughs> i had real problems going to sleep oh well, that's a sad thing S- still now and then.
0: okay so uh listeners thank oh, you so much my. for listening uh uh we will be back next week with our official last episode when in which we will talk about individual achievements of 2015 uh so stay tuned for that uh in the meantime thank you for listening and we'll get you next time bye